This podcast is proudly part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more Kaiju and Tokusatsu goodness, go to kaijuramenmedia.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast, semi-weekly podcast, uh, sometimes weekly podcast, uh, that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. Uh, We had a kind of a break from the last episode to this one uh, for different reasons, and uh, we'll... I'm not ready to kind of announce anything on the podcast yet about what's going to be coming uh, moving forward with the podcast, but just know that, uh, yeah, there's reasons for us taking long breaks, and I'm sorry for that for any listeners. Uh, my regular co-host, Michael, is not here, as you can tell, and I was supposed to have some really awesome guests this week, but they couldn't come, so I end up settling with the ones I've got. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We have some fantastic people <laughs> joining me <laughs> this week. Wait, wait, wait to commit, Trav. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not. I am not going to commit. No, I don't like being mean. I mean. That's my thing. I just don't like being mean. Aww. Uh, so people who have listened to every episode of our podcast has probably heard, uh, you guys on the podcast before you guys are from the finding monster, right? Podcast. And in case anybody is new or hasn't heard the episodes that you guys have been on before, which is, what was it? It was, it was the, it was the, uh, Digby, Digby, the the greatest dog in the world. Yes. Biggest, biggest dog. I I apologize. Uh, he was he was pretty great too. Come on. <laughs> so, for anybody who is not familiar, uh, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? All right, listen, listen, Travis. We had you guys on in January, and for six months now, I've had this prepared. And by <laughs> God, I'm gonna say it. Okay, <clears throat> Alexander Hamilton. I'm so glad to be on your show again. That's it. That's all it was. And Michael's not even here. I know. It's so awful. It's so it's so awful that he's not here. And you know what? All this time that I've known Michael, I have never put our two last names together to realize No way. That we no are Alexander way. Hamilton. <laughs> really? You haven't noticed that? I, I've noticed his name Hamilton, so I've like made jokes about that, but I keep forgetting about my name. <laughs> You guys need to start a new podcast uh, once this one goes extinct. Uh, clone a new one from Amber that is yeah. uh, that is just about uh, either history or musicals. Yeah, we'll just cover we'll cover the musical Hamilton, which I still have not seen. Yes, <laughs> oh, it's a, it was it was it was good back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Adam, I'm sorry. I'm Allie, by the way. Oh shoot. <laughs> okay, some editing. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh man. This is uh, bad. All right. Yes, I, I'm Adam over here too. We uh, we talk about uh, monsters uh, via the lens of comedy, as we joke on all those pop culture and mythological beings. And boy, yes. oh boy, we got some crazy ones this week. Oh man! Wait, is it the episode that's already come out, or or are you talking about the one that we're talking about today? To, uh, uh, both, certainly. 
Oh yeah. No, uh, yeah, we've got a fun cryptid on the horizon. Uh, but today, it, none of that right now. Right, <laughs> right yeah. now, we're talking dinos. Travis, yeah. well, why have you paid us an exorbitant amount of money to uh, to come to your uh, your remote research facility in in the Dolomites? Well, um, you know, it has something to do with locusts, and that's about all there is in 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 this plot. <laughs> it's not a very good and well thought out plot, <laughs> as we will discuss. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, right. It, it it takes the Jurassic World tradition of just kind of picking up where wherever we feel like it. It's like, oh, we'll yeah. take some animals from the last one, but I guess a volcano's going off this time. All right, there's a locust swarm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I have I have opinions. Uh, well, <laughs> normally on the podcast we would cover the news, and you would think that since it's been probably about a month since we put out an episode, that there would be a ton of news to cover and talk about on the podcast and there certainly is a lot of news out there but i decided not to cover the news this week and we're going to instead play a game well because because the, the news is media yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean to be fair would you guys rather talk about the potential of shin ultraman coming to the united states or would you rather play a game that involves dinosaurs and tyler perry Dinosaurs and Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, listeners, uh, before we get into our main topic this week, we're going to play a game that is Land Before Time franchise or Tyler Perry movie or what I lovingly have titled Tyler Perry presents Diary of a Mad Brachiosaurus. This whole time I thought that I was mixing Tyler Perry up with Steve Perry and I thought this was going to be a much more interesting (laughs) Steve. <laughs> it was going to be like journey <laughs> like journey songs and and dinosaurs wheel in the sky is a brachiosaurus <laughs> don't um, know where i'll be pterodactyl <laughs> it's not very of- good all the people that Tyler Perry has been confused with, I think you are the first person to confuse him with Steve Perry from the band Journey. <laughs> I, I always confuse him with that Medea character. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They look very similar. Yeah, they have the same kind of jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and besides all of the technical problems that I've been having with my computer, I also have a cat that will not leave me alone. So... <laughs> If you hear noise, (laughs) she's just a big fan of. She's being evil. What's the name of your gremlin? Uh, She, it's Daisy. Daisy, (laughs) Daisy, Daisy, attack Travis's headphones. Oh, she's our. She well, she didn't attack the headphones. She attacked the charger, which already is messing up now. They were testing the fence for weaknesses. <laughs> she remembers. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, boy. You've got, like, a, the laser pointer is trailing on you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, getting into... So, so the way this game that I came up with works, and I came up with it at, like, 2 in the morning this morning, so um, if it's a bad game, blame it on that. <laughs> It's not my incompetence. It's just my tired brain. Uh, I've done worse. (laughs) But I'm going to give you some factoids uh, about either 
a Tyler Perry movie or a movie from the Land Before Time franchise. And you guys will have to decide which one it is. Is it a Land Before Time film or is it a Tyler Perry film? All right. Sounds good. All right, so let's get started. There, I have I have seven questions. It's like that, and then I have a rapid round, a, a speed run, if you will. Uh, so we'll we'll get to that if we if we have time. Starting with question number one: Between Tyler Perry films or films in the Land Before Time franchise, which has released more movies? Hmm. Are we allowed to confer? Uh, well, it depends. Do you guys want to play as a team or do you want to play as individuals? I think we should fight. <laughs> okay. Put two, out, put, two, put two Apex Predators on the same podcast. There's only one coming out. Uh, fine by me. <laughs> All right. I, I think you win with the Land Before Time knowledge, but I might win just by default on the Tyler Perry knowledge. <laughs> How much do you know about Tyler Perry? Enough to know he's not the lead singer of Journey. <laughs> I, I mean, wow. I, I, that was colder than the winds of March. Am I right, <laughs> ladies? Please, please say something. Please, someone else save me for myself. I uh, so yeah, we'll we'll go head to head on this. Uh, I my personal recollection is that there's <laughs> Land Over Time movies stretch into the the young teens, and I I do not think that uh, there's nearly as many nearly as many Tyler Perry creations abominations. That was such a weird way to say there are 14 Land Before Time movies. <laughs> <laughs> into into yes, the no, young teens. Mm, those, they stretch into the young teens. <laughs> those nubile young film franchises. <laughs> I, I think there's a great, a lot fewer, th I think there's still an adolescent number of Italian the pair of creations. So. No, no. I, I hate this terminology, but okay. I'm going to say uh, there's more. Go ahead, Allie. I'm going to say there's more uh, Land Before Time movies. Uh, I'm going to concur with that. Okay. So you both said Land Before Time. It is Tyler Perry. So uh -huh. as Allie said, there are 14 Land Before Time films, but there are 48 Tyler Perry movies. <laughs> Good Lord. Now that's that's uh, yeah. total. He's only directed 23 so, so I'm starting to think it's like an Adam Sandler situation or like every year for several years in a row, he just would crank them out. Well, I mean, you also I have to remember, you should have guessed that because he normally, yeah, well, you know, and this isn't just Medea movies, you know, that he did a bunch of movies, you know, he's done for colored girls. He's done for, you know, a bunch of movies that are not within that kind of comedy drama style that the Medea movies are. Uh, but I'm just yeah, hoping I think... for an old Toronto mention so that I can really flex my Land Before Time knowledge. I remember that guy. <laughs> okay, so uh, question number two. Between Land Before Time or the Tyler Perry movies, which one had one film produced by Steven Spielberg? Uh, Land Before Time, right? Because like, I, I feel like the first one, yeah, with the Don Bluth connection and all that. Yeah, uh, that feels right. <laughs> however... I'm now hesitant. I'm now very. <laughs> yes. <I'm... laughs> I could see Steven Spielberg touching one of the, the Tyler Perry creations. No, yeah. my gun is pointed at my gun is pointed at land before time. And I can feel like Tyler Perry just breathing down my neck uh, on, on the side. And I'm about to say clever girl. 
because he is he is dressed like Medea, so it works. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I, 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 <laughs> clever Gone Girl. <laughs> clever Gone Girl. That's it. That's the best joke so yeah. far. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Uh, so, so you both said so, Land Before Time. Yep. Mm, yep. I guess. It was Land Before Time. Uh, the original Land oh, Before yeah. Time was produced by Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. I purposely left George Lucas off because I was like, okay, that one might be more, that one might tip you off more because George Lucas is a little bit more selective with what he produces than, than Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I, I think it would have doubled my doubt, honestly, because <laughs> George Lucas, like he, he, he has supports some weird productions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's true. Like maybe I should have gone with George Lucas. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, Howard the Duck. Uh, anyone? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I really like uh, movies about uh, guinea pigs that are that are spies. Remember how oh. that's Kermit the Frog? But do you remember how he uh, he produced uh, that G Force movie? Did he actually produce yeah, that? Yeah, G Force oh, is another my. one. Oh my goodness! I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he did. I don't. I just. I just made that up. That might not oh, be true. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta. I gotta look up. Uh, I gotta look up. I gotta look up G Force. It's. Uh, I gotta look up G Force on Wikipedia. It's. Um. It's. Uh. uh Wednesday. G Force. Two thousand and nine. That movie came out in two thousand. That movie has Nicolas Cage in it. I forgot that. Hey. Yeah. That makes sense. Jerry Bruckheimer. Um. Uh, so, so he touched Labyrinth, that. Hook, Return to Oz. But I'm not seeing uh I'm not seeing uh that 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 uh that movie on here. Yeah, it was produced by Walt Disney Studios and Jerry Bruckheimer Films. So Jerry Bruckheimer was involved in it, but not uh nope, not any. Is uh, Jerry Bruckheimer not just uh George Lucas wearing Steven Spielberg's skin like a suit? I Hi. I mean <laughs> I, I host a monster podcast. <laughs> Let's return to the uh, the uh, Mediasaurus quiz. Yeah. Okay. The Mediasaurus quiz. That's that's excellent. Okay. Um, so between the two, between Land Before Time and the Tyler Perry movies, which one did Roger Ebert give one star to the very first film? So we're just talking about the first film in the of the series. Medea Don. <laughs> that kind of flows better. Um. Mediadactyl. Uh, Mediadactyl. Medialodon. Yeah. I, I think it'd be more egregious if their 48 films followed in the wake of a one-star review from, from uh, Roger Eves. So, uh, Tyler Perry collection. I'm going to say Land Before Time. I, I imagine that like it's some, like, I think this is one of those trick questions. I don't know. Well, Adam, you actually got it right. It is the Tyler Perry films. Uh, so uh, Roger Ebert gave three stars to the first Land Before Time film. He, uh, This was part of his review. This is a quote from his review. He said, I wish it, the movie spent more time on natural history and less time on tragedy. Mm -hmm. Okay. He wanted it to be a documentary. Uh, <laughs> but he still gave it three stars. So... Whereas the first Tyler Perry film 
not not play because he was he was already doing stage productions but the first film that he did was diary of a mad black woman and roger ebert gave it one star uh which did not did not stop him like adam said from producing 47 other movies (laughs) it's just roger it's just roger ebert like yeah he's not he's not infallible i mean he only gave land before time three stars I, I mean, uh, one of these two people made 48 films. Right. And one made two films? One film? Roger Ebert did make a film. I'm trying to think if he made another one. Hmm. Uh, also, he gave famously... it a good review, just as like a joke. <laughs> <laughs> best, also... best movie ever, four, five out of four stars. <laughs> it's a... Uh... The movie that, that he directed is actually a very because there's a the documentary um, that came out right before he died that's called um, uh, oh shoot I had it in my head and I lost it but there was a documentary that was made about Roger Ebert and there are clips from the film that he directed and let me tell you it was rated mature for a reason mm-hmm. it yeah, was that's why he made the movie he's like I'm not seeing this in the usual stuff <laughs> this isn't yeah. this didn't pop up in Jurassic Park so I need some. Need a little more. There's not enough sex scenes in a backseat of a car in in Jurassic Park, so we're gonna. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with that, but but <laughs> there's there's kind of the one. There's kind. Of... I remember reading some like uh, some like uh, very uh, odd critique of Jurassic Park, where it was like a feminist reading, where it was this uh, Nedry and the Dilophosaurus are like parked over a uh over like a cliffside like a 1950s like lover's lane sort of thing oh my goodness <laughs> and there's like there's some kind of like subconscious thing about like the male desire or whatever that was in it it was interesting at the time but i can't remember any details i love the Lophosaurus wow. though that's my favorite dinosaur from those movies yeah yeah an awesome dinosaur i'm just i'm just like picturing uh wayne knight as a as a sex symbol uh an object of desire as he is <laughs> i know i know we're yeah. objectifying him but i uh, uh, he might be okay with it <laughs> we all saw cat scratch oh lord <laughs> no he, uh, he he delivers like he delivers mail in seinfeld <laughs> Uh, and I was just going to point out a fun fact that um, famously, well, I don't know, infamously, I guess, uh, Roger Ebert gave uh, Treasure Planet a really bad score in a bad review. Uh, he very much disliked that movie. Uh, so what does he know anyway? Yeah, I like Treasure Planet mostly. Yeah, I think it's a... I think the, the CG, like, uh, of, of the CG monstrosities that followed... Uh, I, I think he'd be very upset that to see the death of duty and the way that died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, getting back to the game. Uh, question number five. Are we already up to five? No, I skipped one. I skipped one. Okay. Sorry. Go back to question number three. Um, because that's the one I skipped. <laughs> uh, which, which of these featured an appearance by famous poet and activist Maya Angelou. I think Tyler Perry. Yeah. Um, I I do not I cannot think of a Maya Angelou character in in the uh is that one dolphin like character was that 
I don't think I don't think I don't think Mo the Ophthalmosaurus was Maya Angelou. No, <laughs> if anything, she'd be a Maya Sora. Am I right? <laughs> uh, uh, then I'm also going Tyler Perry. You both are right. It is Tyler Perry. It was uh, Tyler Perry's Medea's family reunion. She appeared in the movie and read one of her poems. Oh, that's mm. nice. Yeah. yeah. Did she do it while uh, saying like, hey, little foot, me watching her foot. I've seen these films. <laughs> Just the thought that that's Maya Angelou is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Even if it, it's it not Maya Angelou, but just the thought is funny. <laughs> I'd love to hear anyone in the in the uh, Land Before Time series recite poetry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm. Th- there's been characters who can who have recited or at least done. I mean, they're musicals, so I mean, what uh, what is poetry but just music without music or songs without music? I mean, <laughs> I really screwed that up. <laughs> No, it's not screwing up. It's poem. Right on. Right on. <laughs> no rules. All right. right. Uh, back to question number five, since I had to go back to the one I skipped. Uh, which of these, whether it be Land Before Time or the Tyler Perry films, had a sequel that was produced just one year after the original film or the first film? Oh, Land Before Time. I'm I'm leading Tyler Perry just because of how many that there are. I, th- I think there's better odds. Sorry. I, for some reason, really think that it's Land Before Time, and I'm sticking with that uh, conviction. Okay. Well, Adam, again, you got it right. Uh, It was Tyler Perry. So after Diary of a Mad Black Woman, which was uh, the first Tyler Perry movie, the sequel, Medea's Family Reunion, came out just one year later, whereas the Land Before Time sequel came out six years after the original. Dang. Yeah, came out in 1994. There's never a time when, like, I <laughs> there's never a time in my life when, like, the first two Land Before Time movies like weren't around, <laughs> and that, that were noticeable and in the same window. Uh, there's other <laughs> features like that that come to mind, uh, like the Frosty the Snowman sequel. Those were was all they were always double feature. Uh, Chris come Christmas time. Given the fact that they're like 40 years apart, like blew my mind. Wow. Uh. I actually remember, uh, it's very, very vague, but because I was very young, but I do remember when the sequel to Land Before Time came out because Land Before Time was a very important film for me as a kid. And when the sequel came out, that was a big deal. So I remember uh, when it came out. So yeah, and it was a, it was a gap. There was a, there was a six year gap there. Uh, so which of these, I, whether it be, uh-huh, go ahead. I was going to say, I... Uh, always had a very like vindictive streak against the land before time as a child where I liked the movies, but I like, I got it wired in my head very early on how to say all the dinosaur names. And so my friends Uh, would go around being like, that's a sharp tooth. That's a, that's a wet beak. Probably not that one Uh, or whatever. (laughs) And I was like, guys, we can say the big words. Like, I know what Memenchisaurus is, okay? I know about Micropachycephalosaurus. Yeah, yeah. Long necks, the flyers, the the duck bills, the... Uh, what was it? There's there's Mr. There's Mr. Leatherface, I think, is one. No, not Leather... Is it Leather? Not Leatherface. It can't be Mr. <laughs> Leatherface. Is it Mr. Thicknose, the Pachyrhinosaurus? Thicknose, that that's it. Uh, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, just there's no chainsaw know. wielding. There's, there's time character. My favorite. There's a Littlefoot. There's Ducky. There's Freddy Krueger. Yeah, exactly. You know the horror one. The 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 uh, the Halloween special, <laughs> Land Before Time. I was a chainsaw attached to his tail. Oh man. Okay. So question number six. Which of these was nominated for a Saturn Award? So it, it could be any movie within the the forty eight Tyler Perry or the fourteen. Just just one of them was nominated for a Saturn Award. Which one was it? Well, the people of of Saturn, the Saturnians, famously love Tyler Perry movies. So yeah. I'm going to go with Tyler Perry. Although, wait, uh, The Land Before Time does have that one sequel that has aliens in it, so that might be representation that they like. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's like, you know how, like, uh, gravity is stronger on Saturn, so you weigh more on Saturn than you would on Earth? Well, so Tyler Perry's humor is funnier on Saturn than it is here on Earth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it has become more dense. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's become more Sorry, dense. It's now not a one joke a movie. It's like multi. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll say Tyler Perry. Uh, I think I'm thinking Land Before Time. <laughs> I like. I don't. I didn't watch all of them. Maybe in the fourteenth one, a meteor comes. Well, I mean, okay. So, Adam, you are correct. Cold fire, Adam. <laughs> Yes, I am talking about the Stone of Cold Fire, but that was the the sixth film, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, You know, I looked at all of them last night, and I can't tell you which one's which once you get past, like, five. I can't remember. They all start blending together after five. Hmm. Uh, It's not that deep, 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 Travis. (laughs) (laughs) See, I remember the songs. I know. I've seen all of them. They just start, like I said, they just start to blend together. Um, it was Land Before Time. <laughs> ah. So right. Land Before Time was nominated in 1990 for a Saturn Award, but did not win. Can you guess what movie beat out Land Before Time as the best fantasy film of that year? Ooh. Oh, 1990. Trying to get my, my timeline. Wait, did it come? No. And actually, it's funny because neither of these films actually came out in 1990. Uh, so I guess they were covering ah. the last five years um, because Land Before Time came out in 1988. Uh, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit was the one that won Best Fantasy Film. The definition of fantasy film is very broad. It's, it's yeah, like those... I, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> In no other world do I think those two fall into the same category. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, really it's, like, no. it's like, like the ones that's comedy, musical, and something else. I think it's at the Emmys that has like comedy, musicals, and there's another thing that they put in there with them. And romance, maybe. I think it might be romance. Comedies, musicals, and that episode of The Office where Michael finds the dead bird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is uh no <laughs> and the winner is the winner is the part from that one episode of the office where michael finds the dead bird where dwight plays the recorder <laughs> all right so this is our last question 
of the regular round, then I have the speed round. So uh, do do we want to score check or do we want to just keep going? Score check. How much? Uh, how much am I burying my dear dear cousin by? <laughs> okay, so Adam has five. Allie, you have three. Uh, this is like golf, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, my, my Tyler Perry guesses don't mean I'm winning. <laughs> they mean, like they golf, mean this aspect the, of my life is a lot sadder. The more Tyler Perrys you have, the 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 more you're losing. That's exactly how golf is yeah. played. <laughs> All right. Final question in this round. Uh, which of these had a spinoff TV show first? So... I'm going to go ahead and head it, head it off. Both of them do have spinoff TV shows. Uh, Tyler oh. Perry has a couple of TV shows and the uh, land before time has one, but which one came out first? I'm going to say Tyler Perry, even though Tyler Perry probably had his afterwards. I know that like uh, the land before time TV show didn't come out until like, I think between the 12th and 13th or maybe the 13th and 14th. But I think the, uh, the one that like, that one character, uh, like the pink dinosaur, is just in one of the 14 films, and I think it's the last one. So I'm going to say, and that sounds the most recent, so I'm going to say Tyler Perry. I, I feel like Tyler Perry's been so busy making all these films that he didn't have time for TV. <laughs> I feel like his life was film, film, film for the longest time. And it wasn't until his like greater years, when he, like, uh, when he killed Medea, <laughs> that he has ascended to the... <laughs> the home screen so I, i'm i'm guessing uh that's a time uh, it was the life over time was first so uh, yeah when tyler perry uh killed off medea uh on uh, Reyk- uh Reykjavik falls or not Reykjavik, was it what's that one Reykjavik falls. One? yeah reichenbach reichenbach falls Reykjavik, Reykjavik falls <laughs> Reykjavik falls yeah that there's one. a uh Wait, 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 who's her more who's her Moriarty? Uh uh Dr. Phil. Uh, Larry the cable guy. Larry the cable guy, yes. <laughs> oh, that's so good, actually. <laughs> uh so it was Tyler Perry, but only by oh. one year. So Tyler Perry's House of Pain started in 2006. And Land Before Time, the series, came out in 2007. I was in sixth grade in 2006. My brain was at the best it will ever have been at. Yes, now, correct. Yeah, I, I my, my my concept was, like, correct. But, <laughs> yes. like, the logic was... But I, I was, I can't, I was so close. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, and, and Tyler Perry has gone on to produce uh, quite a few series. I think there was five altogether that he's done so far. Uh, but that was the first one. Uh, yeah, hearing hearing sixth grade in 2006 makes me just go, oh, oh, I'm so old. Oh, I can I can do that with uh, with any year. Uh, that's that's the great thing about people that were born in '94 and uh, in that school year. I started. First grade in 2001. I started fifth grade in 2005. I started ninth grade in 2009. I'm unstoppable. But now my feet hurt. Uh, I yeah, just know I, the year I graduate, and then I count backwards. <laughs> How long do you uh, do you two think it's going to be until uh, Tyler Perry makes Medea lives and, and resurrects the character? How long do you think it'll be until Tyler Perry 
shows up in a Land Before Time movie. And <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> and which one's going to happen first? <laughs> which one's going to happen Ooh. first? Oh, yeah. I yeah, think yeah Travis, we have a question for Medea. you. <laughs> yeah, correct. I was going to say, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Medea Don. <laughs> no, 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 I think Medea he's going to show up. It's just like human Medea. It's like the first Ice Age movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a little foot in the gang have to rescue Medea's baby. But it's like oh, a human man. baby. <laughs> and the, the baby's also played by Tyler Perry. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yes. And it's just like a green screened in to like the animated world, like live action Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> a daughter of Medea. Oh my goodness. Um, the so Land guys... Before Time 15, daughter of Medea. <laughs> Dawn of the Medea. <laughs> oh my goodness so do you guys want to do a rapid round let's go raptor round i gotta i gotta claim back my birthright all right all right so uh, now adam's got my neck and his teeth and he's got his big spinosaurus arms and i'm gonna i'm gonna bounce back this time yeah yeah rewrite how that movie actually plays out (laughs) yeah uh so what i'm going to do with this round is i'm going to give you an actor i have five actors lined up uh i'm going to give you an actor and you're going to name whether it's a they appeared in a tyler perry film or they appeared in a land before time film okay now first one's a softball because we've already mentioned him but larry the cable guy medea medea tyler perry yes Yes, he appeared in... What, what is uh, Tyler Perry? What is oh. Tyler Perry? <laughs> uh, okay, second one. This one's going to be a little bit harder. Reba McIntyre. Land Before Time. Tyler Perry. No, she's a Pteranodon. She sings to, uh, to Littlefoot when he's in a cave, but not in the one oh. where he's in the cave the first time. It's in the one where he's in the cave the second time and there's like mirrors and also she has an evil twin that she talks to in the mirror. Yes, exactly. Uh, I, I actually didn't remember which one she was in, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, number three, Michael Clark Duncan. Land Before Time. Great. No, Tyler Perry. I think it is Tyler Perry, actually. I change. Okay, well, it's Land Before Time. Mother. <laughs> Mother Saurus. <laughs> All right. Great, this one. Great stone in the sky. <laughs> Keeps on turning. All right. Number I know four. other journey Keep... songs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. There's there's uh, that one that was on Glee all the time. <laughs> um. Total Eclipse it of the Heart. Don't stop believing. Not a jer- oh gosh, I don't want to do Don't Stop Believing. That's that song was. I remember thinking in like middle school in two thousand eight that uh, that that was <laughs> when I was so youthful. Back in two thousand eight, I remember thinking that that was old music back then. And then I did a kickflip and listened to some One Direction. Uh, I actually do really like Journey, uh, so I can name actually quite a few of them because I did used to listen to uh, Journey. Uh, on my way to school uh, in high school. So um, my my high school was actually really into like 80s bands and stuff. And it, we even had uh, um, one of the teachers or a few of the teachers in our school actually had a band and they played a concert at our school and sang like a bunch of rock songs. Which is odd because you did go to high school in the 70s. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Like it, it, it's a uh, uh, yeah. Back to the Future rules. Like your kids are gonna love this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one guy that the audience that <laughs> jamming out to Marty's music. Right. Exactly. Keep going, man. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to be that guy. Like, cause, cause there's like so many people there are so quiet and everything. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like there's gotta be at least one or two people who's like, man, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number four, Kiefer Sutherland. I am on the cusp of remembering who Kiefer Sutherland was. His name is so hard to say, but I think it's land before time. I'm I'm sticking with Tyler Perry. Uh, it was Land Before Time. Oh, he plays. No, is, I... let me see. He, I think oh. he is the one that plays Littlefoot's father. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Bronn. Man, I'm I, I'm lost in a Tyler Perry like uh, black hole. <laughs> I've got like a Schrodinger's box thing going on where I'm like, anything could be a Tyler Perry movie now. <laughs> yeah, it's like it could be anything. Uh, okay, which one of y'all had the land before time? Because I can't remember now. <laughs> it was I did. That was Allie. Okay, Allie. Okay, all right. So actually, Allie, you have done well. You've actually caught up to Adam. So oh, so this last one, uh. this last one's going to be the deciding one, and it is Mike Tyson again. <laughs> It's such a good one. This is a good. I really like this kid. I am going to go for Tyler Perry because I don't think Mike Tyson was in any of the Land Before Time movies. Because now that I, I now that I said that, I don't think Mike Tyson was in any of the Land Before Time movies. I did not wake up this morning thinking I would say that sentence ever in my whole life. <laughs> so I'm going to say Tyler Perry. Uh, I have to say, um, Land Before Time, just just with the off chance that I can like beat you at your own game. Mm. Of being a contradictory <laughs> jerk. I suppose so. That is my normal game. Well, Ali, you are the winner of this game. What you won, I have no idea. <laughs> can you can you insert a sound of the T-Rex roar from Jurassic Park like I'm roaring in triumph? Because I can't do yeah, it with my normal human voice. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that, but better. What? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hang on. Let me, let, me, let me operate some heavy machinery over here. I can do a pretty good Brachiosaurus. Like... <laughs> I can do the, can do the baby T-Rex from Lost World. Because he just goes... Ooh, let me see. <laughs> that is how he does. <laughs> That is how my which, little uh, man does. Which, which Jurassic Park creature is this? That's uh, a horse. A horse which has <laughs> appeared in one Jurassic Park movie, I'm pretty sure. The new movie. The new movie. It's a horsesaurus. <laughs> oh, man. And that's a good segue into our main topic this week, which is Jurassic World Dominion, which came out this year, 2022, and stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and a whole bunch of other people and who, who deserve probably more mention than them. But those are the two that are just on the top of my head, and I didn't write anybody else down. <laughs> uh, Lord Dorn, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill. 
Yeah, Laura Dern. Yeah, and uh, and who? What? Who's the girl? Let me look that up because that that is a BD uh, Wong. Which, that's which another one. Girl, BD Wong. Wanda Wise. Girl, by the way, Wanda Wise. Uh, she was cool. She was great in this uh, one. She, that was. She's the one that's. Uh, yeah, she's the clone girl, right? She, no, no, no. She's the. Uh, she's the. Uh, the good oh, girl. Oh, Wanda. Yeah, 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 Dewanda Wise. Yeah, she, she, she was awesome. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it as we go. Uh, Isabella Sermon is who I was thinking of. Um, also, Campbell Scott. Very shocked by an appearance by him uh, in this movie. I was not expecting Campbell Scott. And uh, uh, and also speaking of of people, I didn't expect to see. I did not expect to see uh, the the one who plays the the uh, Santos the the dinosaur broker yeah no she was uh, great i adam i remembered where i saw her from she played uh she played uh uh chloe chloe wang or what's her name she played uh gosh chloe bennett's mom on agents of shields yes yeah she was one of the uh inhumans yeah and that show was still doing inhumans uh, <laughs> it was a good oh, show sweet. She yeah. she looked like she was from something. Yeah, no, she's been she in was... a lot of TV shows. All right, so we're starting off the discussion with with uh, uh, Dykin with Dykin Lockman, which might not be how her name is pronounced. She is right. cool enough to pull off the dumbest thing in the entire Jurassic Park uh, canon, which is like you you take this gun with a laser on it, you point a laser at someone, and then a dinosaur eats them. She pulls it yes. off. Like it works when she does it. It's so good. She like when you said girl boss, I'm like, well, yeah, okay. The the pilot character is definitely a girl boss in this too. But but man, uh, you gotta hand it to her for for being a girl boss too. Because like I was so captivated by her character. Like I want more of her. <laughs> I am such a stan for bad girl boss. Good girl boss yeah. too. Yeah. Exactly uh no, so that, i guess that, that sequence there's like, yeah no please go on oh okay well i was gonna say that that's um that's kind of getting into our opening thoughts so i was uh, i just wanted to kind of open the floor up to to both of you to see what are your opening thoughts on this movie uh so i've had a very uh different uh relationship with the jurassic park series than most i didn't see the first one until like high school I saw the second one just a couple years ago. I saw the third one like last year. Mm -hmm. uh, but I saw the Jurassic World movies as they came out in theaters and was continually disappointed for because they're very uh, nostalgia heavy for every series. I didn't have much nostalgia for myself. That said, this one that, you know, I was going in expecting it to be like the most and the thickest laid on uh, actually surprised me a little bit. And I, I, I was I was happily surprised by the fact that it, it didn't slow down how... And be like too dumb at a slow pace, like I think uh, Fallen Kingdom was for me. I think it, it remained like a fast-paced uh, roller coaster in a in a way that that left me more captivated than I thought would happen. Okay, okay, Ali, it, what's your? It, it is still thoughts? a deeply stupid film. I, I will <laughs> say that. <laughs> that is one big pile of shit. <laughs> 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 which is the first thing i said when i left the theater but honestly that's an exaggeration i do like i have had a very long uh and this is probably the intellectual property i am the most like fangirly about 
where like I was born uh, shortly after uh, Jurassic Park came out and then like I was too young to see The Lost World, but I saw Jurassic Park 3 like on TV at some point, like a year or two after it came out and I was hooked. That and also like I was big into dinosaurs basically since I could breathe. I think my first word was either juice or like uh, Ankylosaurus magnaventris. And all right, you know, and I followed uh, I followed all of the JP4 news from like 2002 on to 2015. I liked the first Jurassic World movie uh, when I first saw it on reflection, like it's got its problems. The second one's got some more problems. I will say that this third one left me feeling uh, nostalgic at. And also, I liked parts of it a lot. Way better than the, uh, the, than the fifth one, the sixth one has been. But that doesn't really change the fact that it has been six movies. And I don't know. I don't like Colin Trevorrow's, like, kind of... I like that he's willing to say something with these movies. Like, he's definitely... His take is very strong. I just think it's kind of dumb. Yeah, um, I was just just on that point, I was uh, talking to someone on Twitter and they were they quoted they shared a quote from Colin Trevorrow about uh, his like how he wanted the Giganotosaurus to to be in the film. And, And it just really hit me at a certain point where I'm like, you know, I don't think Colin Trevorrow is a very good filmmaker. Uh, no, he he did like a he had one like kind of indie hits, uh, and then they gave him the keys to a franchise that makes a billion dollars no matter what. So every film he made a billion dollars, like oh he must be doing something right. Let's give him a Star Wars and and all this stuff. And at, the more films that he made, the more people kind of like critically realized like oh he's he's just like a, a little boy in a big chair. Yeah, because like his other films that have come out that aren't in the Jurassic uh jurassic world jurassic park franchise they haven't been other than other than safety not guaranteed they haven't been very well received and and people no, had, I, yeah yeah i didn't i didn't see book of henry myself but I, i've heard like like terrible awful things regarding it right and i just think that i think that he's not that great of a director and i think that maybe the the few things that i enjoy from the movies that i do enjoy from him are maybe attributed to someone else in the production process and not him because uh i was i was gonna say like the first jurassic world i kind of liked and had fun with and yeah it's there's problems with it but i did have fun with it but a lot of the things i enjoyed about jurassic world are not in this film and this film i didn't enjoy those same like kind of elements and i wonder if it's because like like and i'll talk into i'll get into specifics later but i wonder if like the production crew the people around him had changed and that's what makes the difference because it's like i was trying to figure out why do i like jurassic world and not this one when a lot of the elements are still the same but i think it's just how they were done I just don't mm-hmm. like, like, well, like, like you guys were talking about with the, or Allie, how you said with the, the laser 
guided dinosaurs. Like that's such a stupid concept. And, and it was so stupid in the previous movie, but yet it works in this one. So it's weird how that, how that is, how some things didn't work in previous movies, but work in this one. And some things worked in previous movies that don't work in this one. So I'm just kind of like mixed. It's very much like, uh, like a very specific, like, it's a very specific situation that was engineered where like, yes, it would actually be more efficient to like shoot a laser at some guys and like send these animals on a chase after them as a distraction rather than like shooting a gun, rather than like pulling out a gun and trying to shoot all these guys that also have guns. Right. Yeah, right. the fact that it was not a gun, I think, was a major point towards it. But yeah, it's a chase scene that it, that that laser helps in. So like, oh, that makes sense. Versus just there's a gun, and uh, instead of going by bullets, I'm going by dino. <laughs> we gotta I, talk I about just, other I, things that happened in the film. Yes. Well, okay. True. One 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 more quick note about this: uh, the idea that because uh, they kind of mentioned that once they get the scent of the person they're chasing, they will never stop. They will just continuously. And so I'm just picturing like years later, uh, you know, an elderly Chris Pratt is sitting like on his deathbed and the Raptor just breaks through the window and like, yeah, <laughs> it'd be like he sees a ship has arrived and he sees a ship has arrived in town from foreign land. Right. Yeah. Which is what we called, which is what we called uh, Malta in this. Oh, uh, yes. Welcome to foreign land, Chris Pratt. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I just thought it would, the, the Velociraptors would be like that elephant that, that's, you know, been in the news lately that killed that woman oh, that yeah. came back and stomped her and, and stuff at her funeral. <laughs> it's just like, just like Chris Pratt's dead. They're going to bury him. And all of a sudden the Velociraptor just shows up and starts attacking and mauling his body. <laughs> A Velociraptor. Atrocity. Not a Velociraptor oh, okay. in this one. Yeah, no okay. the uh, the the only Velociraptors in this movie are uh, are Beta, who is a cute baby, and uh, Blue, who can't be a girl boss anymore because she's a mom now. Yeah, yeah. A very unfortunate turn of events. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of that messaging in all of these movies, and this movie kind of leans into that of like the restoration of the nuclear family is the biggest plot similarity between all six films. It's very much like we decided not to get divorced after all. Our, all our problems are fixed by our adventures on this dinosaur island. That's every film. That's every mm -hmm. single yeah. one Isn't of them. Isn't it convenient that. that my new husband or, or ex-husband, or no, my new husband was murdered uh, <laughs> so that we can, we can get back together how convenient you're talking about jurassic yeah. park 3 not this movie right 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 <laughs> yeah i don't think, yeah, think ellie's husband was murdered in this no no but he did he, they did get they did get divorced and and uh, that was something that kind of like uh, okay divorce happens in the real world that's not you know obviously but that felt so forced because it's like why like like there was no reason to have that other than to have this romantic tension between her and grant and it's like at at what what are they in their 70s now why why do you need to have romantic tension between these two old people can't have love 
<laughs> I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all for people finding love. But I'm at. The, but I feel like them. Them definitely picking up the pieces of of this. But at the same time, they wanted to acknowledge the canon, which I think is good versus them ignoring it. Just saying like, ah, oh, we're just gonna pretend like three didn't happen. Yeah, I just I think the problem. My problem isn't so much that oh, old people can't find love because I'm not against that. But but more of like it feels like in the places that they were in their life and how far they have come as people to then revert back to the things that, you know, to this, to this, to basically acting and being the same exact way that they were in the first film. And I think that was just kind of like, there was so much regression for these characters who, you know, 30 years has passed. So there, they should have grown some. Sometimes in an ancient thing that there is a little mosquito that's got a, (laughs) That's got some some blood, some love blood floating in the back of it. And a film like this can be the needle to pull it out and extract it and and breed it anew. Oh, man. It also didn't feel like there was actual real chemistry between them anymore. Like, it just felt like... Uh, and I think it was more on uh, Sam Neill's side. Uh, it's just Sam Neill did not feel like he had chemistry with laura dern anymore it was just like almost like he's he's too grizzled at this point i just don't i'm it didn't find him very believable as suddenly falling back in love with this woman who you know he hasn't seen in 20 years i disagree i uh first off for someone who is for people who are 70 and 55 years old sam neill and laura dern look good in this movie Oh, they look excellent. Like, they absolutely yeah. look excellent. But also, anyone looks like they have chemistry when they're next to Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, like, that's true. This, too. These people have no, they just don't. Like, Chris Pratt comes home and then, like, Bryce Dallas Howard, who is a mom now, so she can't be a girl boss anymore, just, like, Thank you know, you. grabs him around the neck. <laughs> <laughs> she just, like, grabs him around the neck and kisses him. And I was like, wow. Bryce Dallas Howard is a good actor. Yeah. Because, like, that yeah. requires some acting to be like, oh, hello, Chris Pratt. I love you. I love you, Mario. <laughs> Wahoo. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another thing that, really, which I guess that, that kind of, that's going into criticisms from the last movie, too, is that Bryce Dallas Howard. Her character has been like devolved. the same exact stage for this whole time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go yeah. on, please. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, no, yeah. Uh, their chemistry, their relationships have set in the exact same place from like the kiss at the end of the first movie. <laughs> like, it's right. like, oh, they kind of broke up in the second one, then kind of got back together. Now they're kind of together and it's the same. But yeah, she's done, gone through a de-evolution through this. yeah. yeah. I, I really just, uh, I, I just, yeah. Um, first I do she's enjoy. running away from the T-Rex and heels. And but like, she was in charge. Like she was in charge no. of the entire park. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me, let yes. me restate that. In the first movie, she's running away from a T-Rex in heels and that rules. Oh yeah. I like yeah. that. That was good. That was like some right. prime girl. That was, that was actual like, unironically like yes queen get it shit right there 
some yes yeah. get it stuff right there literal yeah. girl balls yes yeah i never had a problem with that that the other people had because i have seen women do um crazy things in heels so i'm like uh that is not that far-fetched <laughs> no uh, it, then by this movie she has gone full damsel in distress her her only Fully. like motivation is she wants to be a good mom yeah and and the movie just keeps throwing her into like tense situations where there's dinosaurs scaring her but there's like one conversation that she and ellie have inside the server room with the in, with the crickets uh, where it's like, I have regrets. Regrets are bad. Yup. And it's like, great, now the movie passes the Bechtel test. Next scene. Right, exactly. And, and and like, even in the in that scene of them in the in the computer server room, that it ends up being Ellie who who kind of like has her big hero moment. And and Bryce Dallas Howard's character is just like I don't know. She just keeps getting put in situations where she has to be rescued by other characters and she doesn't get that big moment of, you know, taking charge and doing something awesome for herself. No, the movie goes out of its way. Uh, I'm thinking about the ejector, ejector seat sequence where she has to launch out of the plane to find, uh, to find Maisie first. Right. <laughs> and she lands in the jungle, gets chased by a dinosaur, hides underwater, and goes back to the same place where she meets up with them. Like, yeah. bef like before and even encountering Maisie. Yeah. So, and, Like, I expected her to at least be able to get one over on the Dilophosaurus. But she doesn't. She gets rescued. Yeah. No, Chris Pratt choked my baby. I'm, I'm familiar. Yes. <laughs> I love the Dilophosaurus. It's like, every time I point at it, it's like, it's my beloved son, Spitty. And then, like three Dilophosaurus show up in this movie and I'm assuming spoilers uh -huh. are are active fully oh but yeah like, I'm I'm sorry I should have said it early on but yeah spoilers for anybody who's listening to this who hasn't seen the movie yet but I'm sure if you cared enough you would have seen it already <laughs> yeah yeah no when Dilophosaurus showed up I turned to Adam and I was like my son and then two more Dilophosaurus came up and I was like I have three sons and then and then my sons ate uh, Elon Musk inside his own stupid Hyperloop in a Prometheus meta metaphor. And I was like, my babies killed Elon Musk and took back Twitter for the people. Remember the Halcyon <laughs> days when Twitter was perfect before Elon came to town? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, yeah, I, I, I know we're kind of, we usually like to do a positivity sandwich on this show where we start with some positives, we talk about some negatives, and then we finish on some positives. We're kind of focusing, we're kind of doing it more like categorically here, where we're talking a lot about the characters, and then we can move on to some of the other things. But while we're still talking about the characters in this film, let's talk about Dodson, 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 we got dogs in here. See, nobody cares. Nice hat. What are you trying to look like? A secret agent? Yeah. Like, so they obviously recast. Uh, if anybody's not familiar, yep. the actor who played in Dodson in the first movie, who was only on screen for like five seconds, uh, he, uh, he turned out to be a sex pest. And so now they got uh, uh, Campbell Scott, who is, an excellent actor, and I love Campbell Scott in most things that he's in, but come on, what is this character in this movie? 
he's very much, I, he's, God, he's very much like the CEO who just like refers to his employees as his family. It's very much, it's very like that. Like it's very like creepy kind of CEO, like guy who has had money for so long that you think he doesn't need to brush his teeth. It's just like that now. <laughs> Like he's he's a big creepy guy who doesn't know how much an apple costs at the grocery store when Ellen asks him. Like he's the reason why everything is bad. Yeah. Uh, so I think that uh, I enjoyed uh, what happened, like what he was doing more than some of the like the cartoony villains of the previous films. There's not like a we should use these dinos for the military. I'm gonna go back for samples <laughs> and like the you know. Time to pluck some teeth out of this dino. Like not, Working those guys, uh, I'm so happy there was not another one of them. And uh, he, so what he was doing was slightly better than that. Yeah. Okay. You say was... a non-cartoony villain. He wants to take <laughs> over the world by controlling the food supply. Yeah, he is as a, greater a pharmaceutical company owner. He's a greater scope villain than any other villain has been because it's like, I want to take these dinos for the military. That dino, we're going to sell it for $5. And then like this one's like, hey, I am going to bring down the plagues of Egypt upon this sinful earth full of dinosaurs. Yeah, no, I I, I guess I, I liked how he wasn't as stupid campy as some of the previous ones. He was bad, don't get me wrong, but he... Like, it was more forgiving than some of the other ones. We didn't spend, like, you know, a, an unfortunate amount of the movie just watching him, like, stroll around, plucking dino teeth out. No, we saw him in a control room most of the time, pressing buttons. That's that's really all he did for most of the movie. Let's talk about the real uh, uh, villain erasure that's going on with um, Dr. Henry Wu. Yes, oh, yeah. so... <laughs> He's learned his lesson, and now he wants when? to, <laughs> you know, in in somewhere in between. <laughs> you know what? I you mean the important part that we should see? I think I have the frog DNA here. Do you want the frog DNA? Yeah. This is a new Kaiju Weekly segment called the frog DNA, where we fill in the gaps. The frog DNA. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Rupert. Uh, so the, I think it's Camp Cretaceous. Dr. Wu is in Camp Cretaceous, the spin-off animated series that takes place in between like mm. uh, all of these Jurassic World movies. And I think they're saving a lot of his like heel face turn for that series. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I'm a I'm a Star Wars fan, so you know, I'm I'm okay with there being gaps and knowing that they're going to fill the gaps in with you know with bonus material in the future like i'm not i'm and it didn't feel to me his changeover didn't feel all that unrealistic because he's like he's never been like straight up evil he's always just been kind of like i just want to do this thing that i love doing and that's creating dinosaurs I will say, I think I know what Adam's going to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. Adam. He was straight up evil in the last movie. Yes, no, he, like, steps onto scene and wearing his evil turtleneck. 
and basically cackles at the idea of of making more hybrid dinos. Well, uh, so, I mean, like I said, yeah, yeah, he he likes making dinosaurs. <laughs> I think what we need to acknowledge is that the Fallen Kingdom, you kind of need to broad strokes it because as it is written, it does not make any sense. Like I think <laughs> no. Henry Wu needs to be a little more like ambiguous like he was in Jurassic World. Uh, and like that thread needs to continue. He can't go darker and darker uh, until he just suddenly decides, like, oh, this is too dark. The entire world is going to get eaten by these locusts. Gang, hey, listen. Whoa, hang on. This one's on Hanky, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I can't believe I did this. This is too much. I'm going to, I'm going to sit down, which. Honestly, as someone who's planning on making an army of giant mantises, the fact that giant insects were a part of this movie, I thought it was very Crichton-y in a good way. And I thought it was actually a really interesting way to bring up real world, like GMO controversies that, you know, like the good GMO controversies, not like, you know, like, uh, who knows what's in them? I don't know what's in anything, man. Like, right. Yeah, it's like, it's the whole thing of like, you know, uh, abusing the ability to control an organism, including like, you know, uh, these genetically engineered locusts that eat everything except uh, plants that were grown with biocin. So, okay. And, and this is getting a little bit into the plot too, but I, I just, I want to say that whole plan just feels, I didn't hate the locusts themselves as a concept. I'm, I'm with you, Allie. I think that that is very Crichton. -y. Um, I think that that fits into where, you know, I, I think it fits well enough into the Jurassic park, Jurassic world world universe that mm -hmm. they've created that it doesn't destroy anything. I was not, I was not one of those ones that was upset by it. Like that the locusts were stealing thunder from the dinosaurs. That's not, I wasn't one of those. The problem I had, I think goes back to Dodson that for me, at least one of the main themes in most of the Jurassic park movies has been, uh, the theme of hubris of this arrogance. You know, Hammond was not an evil guy. He was just arrogant. He thought he could control nature and nature fought back. And then in the sequel, you can kind of say that the guy from from engine was a little bit on the evil side, but he was more of just corporately trying to recover their losses because they had a big loss from Jurassic Park. So he's trying to recover their losses. He thinks he can do it and not have any problems. His hubris gets the best of him. In the third one, sure. the, the I think even the 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 um, William H. Macy's character and, his, and the wife character that their hubris of thinking they can go to this island and they'll be safe is, you know, and then it pushes back, it fights back. So, yeah, it just feels like for, for most of the Jurassic Park franchise, it's always been the idea of hubris, not straight up evil, but just, you know, just humans being too arrogant for their own good and nature pushes back. They even mentioned that they call it out in this movie when Ian Malcolm says, you know, we have humans have to understand that they are a part of nature, not nature's master. But then you have Dotson who legitimately just wants to kill most humans on the planet. Now I have a yes. And for that. Okay. <laughs> I think 
I think the Jurassic franchise movies are about, well, the Jurassic Park movies at least, are about hubris. But, and I think this is um, more apparent in Crichton's novel. Let's look at the original Jurassic Park movie. Okay. Why do mm-hmm. the dinosaurs get out in Jurassic Park? It's Nedry. It's Nedry. It's not right. the storm that knocks out the power. Newman. It's Newman. Yeah, it's Newman. <laughs> and why is Nedry, why does he do that? Because he's being shortchanged by Hammond. He basically right. runs this island. He runs this very chaotic system. And so he lets it go out of control because he's been slighted by the company, Mm -hmm. by this mega corporation that's cloning dinosaurs and yet can't afford to pay their head programmer who's extremely important to the whole operation what he wants. Mm -hmm. It's about hubris and it's about trying to tame a chaotic system. But these movies really are not as much about man versus nature as like the very corporate studio system would want you to believe. And I think the sequels okay. kind of lose that, like, I think there's kind of like a, a pill in that pudding. The pudding being like man versus nature and the pill being like man versus greed. But then like that pill kind of gets lost in the pudding of the sequels. And that I think is the real reason why uh, the original movie seems to strike a little harder than any of the five sequels. Sure. I, I, okay. I also see some of that greed apparent in the uh, in these Jurassic World movies. It's like it, it's always like money based decisions when they're making terrible decisions about uh, clo- when to close the park, going back to the park. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, but but like destroying most of the f- food on the planet like and creating an like an eco uh, an ecological disaster i i don't know i i feel like they pushed it a little too far in this movie yeah i, I don't think that the uh i think if you spend any time like looking at the plot of pretty much any scene of this movie for too long you run to trouble it's best as a roller coaster that you go through in a couple minutes and you don't think about how you wait in line for two hours well i think yeah, the stakes yeah, get higher as the world gets bigger the dinosaurs aren't just on one island anymore they are over the entire world so therefore this what the lives that hang in the balance can't be like some of these guys that are trapped on an island it has to be the entire world is at stake yeah and i I get that go ahead i'm sorry (laughs) I, no, but uh, the, the premise of Jurassic, this third Jurassic World movie is that the dinosaurs are everywhere now. And I personally, it was very strange to me. That's like, I was like, oh, great. This sounds like the movie you want to make from the starts. So that's why you named the franchise Jurassic World. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. uh, so uh, dinosaurs are everywhere. What's the trouble? And like a third party has been introduced in the shape of this, these locusts. Yeah, and, and like I said, I don't mind the locust. I think they just, I don't know. I feel like there could have been a better plan like than than what he was doing. Because he's like, again, it's a, he's a pharmaceutical. Like, that's what they, they, they're talking about how he's, he, the work that they're doing is going to cure all diseases. But yet he's also trying to control the food supply of the entire world. This it doesn't fit. I feel like if he wanted to, like, 
maybe do human experimentation, maybe mixing, you know, dinosaur DNA with humans and, and the idea that Ellie and all of them have to go and try to, you know, figure, you know, find out that he's doing these illegal human experiments. That would be kind of cool, but just the, the whole, you know, destroying the food supply because he wants to corner the market on the food supply when he has the cure to every disease known to man at his disposal feels just mm. kind of illogical to me and and to to, to ali's point i i feel like and and you're you made some really good points that i never thought of with with that and i really like how you pointed that out um but I also I just in my mind, I, I have always felt like the the severe corporate greedy characters are more more fit in line with like the alien franchise because, that you know, they've established how, you know, corporate uh, mm. the corporations are greedy and, and don't and view life as expendable. Whereas in Jurassic Park, I've never really felt that until you get to the Jurassic World movies. So I don't know. That's that's mm. just what was in my head going into this movie. Yeah, I feel that. And also, like, it is weird that, like, he has this side project that's like, we're going to cure all diseases using the information in these dinosaurs. And also really in Maisie, because her mom introduced a, uh, like, a a postnatal viral vector that Mm -hmm. overrode all of her DNA. And, like, that kind of technology could be useful for uh, for incredible gene therapy. I get that. That's all good. But also, like, on the side, I'm going to release a bunch of super bugs that are going to eat all of the crops that I don't own so I can make all the money on all the food in all the worlds. Like, okay, I see how that's a little unrelated and just kind of there to make him extra evil. And also, yeah, dino-human hybrids. That has been the, like, thread from, I want to say, like, 2002 to 2013, like, up until they released Jurassic World. Wrong. Like, the up until they released Jurassic World and did not include the twist that the Indominus Rex was part human, like, the rumor that dino-human hybrids would come up in these movies persisted. That is in the direction I think yes. it should have gone in, rather than like dinosaurs get out. Maybe dinosaurs get out, and also there's dino people, and you got to deal with mm-hmm. the fact that there's dino people now. You've got to like make a movie about adapting that into society. No, I think that would have been a more interesting direction to take the the clone stuff than just like, oh yeah, that just means you've got like a secret in your DNA that'll that'll help us out medically. Uh, because right. I-, I thought this movie was going to start off with them chasing down Maisie because she like unleashed this plague upon the world. <laughs> At the end of the last movie, she's the one that hits the button right. and lets all the dinosaurs loose. And, yeah, uh, a fact that is totally forgotten in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing that's forgotten in this film is most of the stuff that's that was in the trailers prior to this movie coming out. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of, like, the dinosaurs are running around in the modern world, and it's, like, but most of the action takes place on this isolated uh, park-like environment where all the dinosaurs are kept individually. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's crazy that after the pitch of the last movie, they're like, all right, so now, like, yeah, let's go to another, like, reserve this time, you know, dinosaurs are there, they break out, I 
I find it crazy that we're doing that story still after right. the pitch of the, the at the end of the last movie. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, you know, in in most of the previews that I saw leading up to this movie, they showed the T Rex attacking the drive-in cinema and things like that, and I'm like, okay, that's really cool. And then they get to it's like, oh yeah, we caught the T Rex off screen. <laughs> Yeah, that's messed up. Uh, F- Fallen Kingdom did the same stuff. In those trailers, they showed like the Mosasaur like attacking surfers. Right. And you see yeah. more of the clip than you see in the actual movie, and you don't see that clip till the end. Yeah, it's 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 just it's crazy, and and I just don't understand. I don't understand what they're doing with this franchise anymore, and and I hate it because to I me, have it a lot like of they, nostalgia for it. They played it real safe, is the way I would describe this. They didn't. They didn't swing hard or wide. And in a way, it really does feel like kind of the, the Star Wars sequel series where it's like there's a different you keep changing directors back and forth, but it's, they're not. It's still Trevorrow top to bottom. This should be a really more consistent trilogy. Well, the middle one wasn't Trevorrow. Right. Yeah. Uh, he was the he wrote the screenplay for it. Yeah. Still. But he still didn't direct it. And I think it shows. Yeah, it definitely shows. It definitely shows. I actually I liked Fallen Kingdom. Uh, I think I actually liked it more than I liked this one because uh, it, I didn't really care so much for the island stuff because that to me was just stupid. The whole volcano and rescuing the dinosaurs and everything. But the the Indominus, uh, the Indoraptor, the Indoraptor, like hunting the girl and the rest of the the people in this house just like yeah like straight up horror movie going back to the horror roots of of uh jurassic park i, I kind of like that but i i don't I, know I thought I, that was fine they just they said a bad like two hours of movie getting no i saw jurassic yeah. world fallen kingdom three times no it was a bad movie i hated it it was <laughs> ugly and gross and bad it's the only one of these movies I have not seen in theaters. I will say that much. It's the only one that I have not seen. I saw Jurassic Park in theaters in 1993. Uh, I stood up on the chair and, and I don't even remember this. I just know it because my grandpa tells me the story. Um, my dad had already taken me to see it and they didn't realize that uh, when my grandpa took me to see it. And they thought I was going to be scared. I was only I was only three years old. They thought I was going to be scared at this movie. But then when it got to the part where the T-Rex breaks free i started jumping up and down in my seat saying papa papa he's gonna eat the man on the potty he's gonna eat the man on the potty <laughs> <laughs> that, that is amazing that rocks so yeah i, I, I was probably I, rem- <laughs> I have seen every single I, one of these movies in theaters except for fallen kingdom <laughs> yeah no I, I think i was being bored while that was while you were hopping on that seat <laughs> Yeah, Adam oh, was born. Yeah. Uh, Adam was born June tenth, nineteen ninety three. Literally in between the uh, premiere and broad release of Jurassic Park. Oh wow! So <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, I, I've it's always I've always been like a couple steps behind the movie yeah. series. Yeah, we also talk about well, I, of it, a couple it, steps behind. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's an interesting, the most mind blowing character in this movie was not a human at all uh but a titanosaur i'm talking dreadnoughtus what's that wild about the hmm? which one was that you have to remind i i i don't recognize that one dreadnoughtus was a uh like a 
the big uh, sauropod dinosaur as they're flying in, like Alan Grant. Alan Grant from Jurassic oh. Park is like, uh, is that Dreadnoughtus? And then like the uh, the good guy who uh, looks like a bad guy. Uh, what's, oh gosh, who is? Oh yeah. Who is that? Um, Ramsey. Yeah. Ramsey. Who plays Ramsey? Mamodu Alfie. Was... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't, I don't know him from anything else, unfortunately. But he's like, Oh, yeah, Dreadnoughtus, as you know, it means fears nothing. And, like, what is insane about that is that dinosaur was described, that dinosaur was named in 2014 by my professor when I was in school. Like, wow. So I, I just turned, like, Alan Grant from Jurassic Park is calling out my college roommate. Like, I saw that material before it was described. Like there's a uh, there's a picture on Wikipedia of my professor Ken Lacavera leaning against this dinosaur's humerus, and I'm like, that's on floor five of Papadakis. I used to clean fossils there in my undergrad. Like, I I've done like it's my Jurassic Park number is now one, <laughs> and like Ken was wow. so proud of coming up with Dreadnoughtus. Like I remember him telling us about it. Like, after it was published, uh, of course, he didn't break any kind of uh, NDA or anything with himself. But, like, uh, I remember him, like, telling us about it and everything uh, and, like, how he picked the name and all that stuff. And now Alan Grant from Jurassic Park is talking about it. And if you look up Ken Lacavera on Wikipedia, like, his picture is, like, him in grayscale, like sitting all like propped up against a dinosaur bone with a hat on this guy wants to be alan grant so bad and 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 colin trevorrow gave him that wow that that is awesome that is really awesome no i just turned to adam in the theater and i was like and when they mentioned dreadnoughtus and i was like i went to college with him (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's very cool yeah (laughs) i yeah, not not to not to jump too far from that awesome moment, but whatever they do call out like the dinosaur like name in a in the movie, it feels like a like a Pokedex entry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, it is. I, I was like that with the Lost World, but I for, I I I kind of fell out of that as I got older. <laughs> so now I'm not really into the dinosaurs as much. So so I still remember a lot of the ones when I was younger, but not a lot of the newer dinosaurs i guess is with for lack of a better word (laughs) now one dinosaur that we actually called out in our uh fallen kingdom episode uh invest in bite coin uh should we auction off dinosaurs as nfts where we come down pretty hard against nfts and crypto stuff don't worry don't worry people but i think we were justified i think the coin is flipped in our favor uh very much so (laughs) yes but we were talking about like why don't they include these wacky dinosaurs like therizinosaurus and they did they did in this one. He's in there. I love that guy. That now is that the is that the Yas Queen one? That's what I call it, the Yas Queen, because it has the long nails. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's him. Yeah, it's, it's the Yas Queen. <laughs> the Yas Queen dinosaur. The Yas Queen dinosaur with the long nails. Oh man! Now, one thing that I think was not communicated very well on my first viewing was that the Therizinosaurus is blind. Okay, that's like, what I was wondering. It's like making a clicking noise to kind of echo locate. And like, 
the eyes are glazed over in the way that like a purse a blind person's eyes would be with certain kind of blindness so i think like this dinosaur is just the daredevil of therizinosaurus like they don't all echolocate but this one does yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, Darede- Daredevil up top, uh, Wolverine down below. Yeah, this dinosaur rocks. <laughs> it's like it's like the amalgam universe, Dark Claw, where they they blended Batman and Wolverine together. <laughs> and it's also a dinosaur, Daredevil Wolverine. And it's also, <laughs> it's also a dinosaur. Wow, it's also a dinosaur that looks like a stairs. Oh, I know that's Dinochirus, but still. Okay. It's also Ghost Rider and has the symbiote suits and right. Like just, just, oh, there's a thing like that everything. where they gave Red, they gave Red Hulk the the symbiote and uh, the Spirit of Vengeance and like gave him a motorcycle and everything. That uh, was a real thing that they did where it's like let's just nope. do a mashup. Well, real quick. I don't I don't know how up to date on Marvel Comics you guys are, but uh, they have this thing called the Cosmic Ghost Rider, who is, uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't read these comics yet, because it was a secret for a while who the character was, but uh, it's Frank Castle, the Punisher, who got the Spirit of Vengeance, but also got the, the Cosmic uh, powers from Silver Surfer and became a Herald of Galactus. Wild. I think comics are far enough along that uh, every character should now be like three things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I agree with this. Yes. <laughs> um. So so good. Getting back to the dinosaurs, I, I I did enjoy the Yas Queen dinosaur uh, with the long nails. Um. I think I think it was kind of uh, funny. I don't know if it was meant to be funny, but it kind of made me chuckle when it was the one that ended up killing the Giganotosaurus. Oh yeah. No, no. Can we talk about the Giganotosaurus? Which, like, it's wild to me that first off, there was that prologue where all the dinosaurs were living together at the same time in the same place that was very inaccurate and all that. Yeah, which didn't appear in the movie. Right. Good. I'm glad that that didn't appear in the movie because it was it was too inaccurate and didn't really make any sense to me. The Giganotosaurus is the only carnivore I've seen since Indominus that does not have lips. Because it needs to look like yeah. a dragon. And they also made it look like a crocodile because it needs to look like a dragon. And they gave it a weird, like, tiny Spinosaurus fin on its back because it needs to look like a dragon. Mm-hmm. And then Ian Malcolm has to shoot a flaming cricket into its mouth so that it can then, like, breathe out so it can breathe fire like a dragon. It's a dragon. It's a dragon. They listened. Colin Trevorrow listened to the Finding Monster Right episode where I said I would just make the dinosaurs into a dragon. And he made it a dragon. <laughs> I mean, that like that to me is like that's the direction they should have gone with the dinosaurs, because it's like we already have established that we are are tampering with their DNA to the point of now they are not they're not dinosaurs anymore. They're just monsters. So why not push it even further? Give them bat wings. Give them, you know, all this kind of stuff. Give them a Cthulhu face. Yeah. Make something yeah. that's obviously not real. Sure. Uh, go full fantasy with it. <laughs> have it uh, eligible to win a Saturn award. Yeah. <laughs> now there's also one of my one of the dinosaurs that showed up for no reason in this movie was pyroraptor which was the uh, the feathered raptor that the feathered yeah yeah just dove into the water after chris pratt and good girl boss and it it was like why it was like (laughs) it was it was staring at them and then 
it was ready to pounce on them, but then it went under them into the water for no reason, really, just to show off that this was a cool thing that it could do, even though it doesn't make any sense. Like, this animal is built like an ostrich, and it's swimming around like a swordfish. Like, nothing about... Right. It was the goofiest thing I've ever seen. And, I mean, <laughs> I'm glad... I'm so glad they brought feathered dinosaurs into this movie. That rocked. I'm so glad that finally right. Baby Me is vindicated. In that, like, the poster child for non-feathered dinosaurs are cool, Jurassic Park, is now saying, like, no feathered dinosaurs are the vibe. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, I'm glad that they did it, but yeah, that was a, it was kind of a, uh, but at that point in the movie, I think I was kind of embracing the silliness of all of this, and so it didn't really bother me all that much, because we've had, we've established how these, these dinosaurs act more like horror movie villains than they do creatures yeah as uh, as we mentioned uh, in our discussions after the movie uh if if uh the dinosaur did swim like that he'd look more like a penguin yeah right like than a flighted uh, dino yeah yeah Which... yeah it, it just makes no sense but yeah i i think that we've we've established in previous movies that these these especially the raptors uh, always seem to behave more like serial killers rather than animals because uh, you have that scene in in uh, the third one where the one is just sitting still in the glass you know like behind the glass tube only mm -hmm. just oh, so yeah. it can jump scare the the heroes <laughs> <laughs> i love that scene so much that's always been so it's good like, yeah it's so silly and so dumb and it's like yeah at that point i'm just like yeah okay whatever <laughs> oh that reminds me actually the one piece of nostalgia that wasn't really, uh, that didn't really hit me, and I think I know why, is the Spinosaurus. We didn't get a Spino uh, reappearance. That would have been cool. What if he and the T-Rex yeah. teamed up to kill the Giganotosaurus? That would have been great. Really would have, yeah. I wonder if that has to do with their, if they specifically didn't want to use it because so much that they now know so much has changed with our understanding of what a spinosaurus is oh, or yeah. if they just decided they didn't want to bring it back i think it's i think it's in part that uh contravaro is kind of akin to jj abrams in a way where he's like that you know 2010s era uh like nerd director where he's just like yeah uh yeah jar jar sucks it's like yeah the spinosaurus sucks he's not good in my yeah movies. it's very much like it's descended directly from the everything sucks criticisms of the 2000s where like where you get like a lot of the anti Star Wars prequel bandwagon mm -hmm. and like the anti Jurassic Park 3 thing. That was also like like nostalgia critic type. Oh, this dinosaur beat up this dinosaur and I'm mad about that, which I was that for a long time. I think now that much like the Star Wars prequels, now that Jurassic Park 3 is not the most recent entry in the franchise, like, we can move on from that. Like, this is an interesting middle bit where they tried something and it didn't work. This is like an interesting little failed experiment rather than, like, the franchise as we know it is failing. Yeah, right. no, I think people also turned around on The Lost World <laughs> as well, like, once the Jurassic World movies were out <laughs> as well. 
See, I and I've always been in the camp of all of those were were pretty good. Like I never thought they were as good as the original, but but they were always pretty good. I, I enjoyed it when I went to the theaters and saw them. And, and yeah, so I I don't know. I've never been in that camp of this this was horrible, uh, and and whatever you know. So no, I um, always I was in the camp of like I hate Spinosaurus, but in my defense, I was what seven right <laughs> i mean it killed the t-rex and the t-rex was the best so like yeah i understand the anger especially also, as a kid i understand but also i think i wasn't really mad at the movie i was mad at the movie because everybody told me i had to be mad at the movie right yeah, yeah. but it's that same attitude is why the giganosaurus like doesn't kill the t-rex in this movie it's like the exact same reason why yeah, yeah. and and speaking of like being death proof, um, remember in the Lost World when they just happened to kill one of the good guys because he was helping save the rest of them and the T Rexes just tore him apart for no reason? Yeah. Uh, you remember when Samuel L. Jackson was just killed off screen by Velociraptors? Um, remember when that lady in. Uh, that lady in Jurassic World was just brutally murdered, like sadistically, by these dinosaurs. Yeah, uh, uh, you notice that no one dies in this movie. At least no one like good dies in this movie. No, besides Doctor. And, and I, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. The villain got the only like good like like that, uh, and the uh, the goon that got uh, crucified by dinos. That was oh pretty, yeah, that was not quite as. <laughs> Remember me when you come into your fallen kingdom. Not quite as dinosaur Jesus as Chris Pratt, who can just like, who can, which all day today at at work, I was just like running around with every animal I could find and just like doing the hand thing. I work at a zoo. (laughs) I was doing the hand thing to every animal I could find and just like seeing if they just like calmed down. And the weird thing is for many of them, it did work. The one that worked the best was at the petting zoo, though, because, like, the goats would just come up to me because they thought I was going to pet them. And I did. Oh, man. See, that's, you have my dream job. You really do. Like, like, going to college and learning about dinosaurs and then going to work at a zoo. Like, oh, man. Thank you. It, it, you know, also it's, really it's, pretty and smart and funny, not though. Taken. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's the path not taken for me. <laughs> I have so many paths paths not taken myself. Don't you worry about that for sure. Um but yeah, I just I, I at the end of this movie, I and it wasn't like I I'm not a sadistic person like, yeah, kill him, kill him, but I'm like there was no stakes in this movie. There was no stakes. I never felt no, like any of the characters were really in danger. I'll, I'll tell you what I was saying: kill him, kill him, kill him. With the, the <laughs> Jurassic World cast, each yes. of those people either deserves to be in jail for what their character has done throughout this franchise. Chris Pratt, or, yeah, um, to be fair, like or is Chris Pratt? Yeah. Where, but if Chris Pratt dies, would... he just like starts over at Jurassic World again. I was kind of hoping, and I know, I know that this is going to get me a lot of hate from a lot of people. I was kind of hoping that they would have killed off Ian Malcolm. No, no, yes, I agree. I think you were right about that. I think he should have been the one to die, and I think it should have been the Giganotosaurus that killed him. On uh, the scene where he's doing the get rid of the flare bit again, 
right yeah. uh, like it, he was literally being set up to be sacrificed exactly and like if the movie was any like less safe he totally would have died then like that'd be the he first almost change. died in the first movie yeah doing that. Yes. and so like having yeah. him die this way that would be awesome yeah exactly i was just i it's not that i want ian malcolm to die because i've liked the character but i just feel like that would have been an excellent send-off to the character because i don't think they're ever going if if they do any more of these i don't think they're going to be able to get these characters back i don't no. think they're going to bring them back i think this was their attempt at the, their final hurrah so why not one song yeah why not send them on why not send off the chaos the chaos station in the most chaotic way possible. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. have him no, killed it, by the fire breathing. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's actually... <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> I, I did I did comment when the, uh, when the locusts were on fire and falling <laughs> everywhere, which... Bad, bad HVAC system, by the way, but all the, all the dinosaurs had PTSD from the, from the meteor. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, God, it's happening it's like, again. I think it's making, happening again. It's happening again. I think they're making this movie with the idea that, like, this is going to be the last Jurassic Park movie for at least a while, definitely for this trilogy. And, like, I think the next three movies aren't going to be called Jurassic World. It's going to be Jurassic something else. But, like... Right. When it inevitably happens... But, like, I think they're like, okay, let's pull out all the stops. What kind of dinosaur stuff we ain't done yet? Uh, uh, we didn't do the meteorites. We didn't do a T-Rex fighting no triceratops. Uh, this is this is my impression of Gennaro from the first movie also. It doesn't sound like him. But this is the voice that I do where it's just like, what's the matter, kid? He you ain't never had lamb chops before? He was not British. I'm pretty sure Gennaro was... Oh, no, 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 no. No, he wasn't. You're just thinking of uh, how often John Hammond says Gennaro in his British accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, the... I do want to say, uh, but before we get too far from it, the, the Malta sequence. Totally unnecessary. Or, or the, for, the foreign land sequence, as yeah. we call it. Uh, we see a dinosaur black market. We see him chop it, like, roasting up dinos. There's fighting pits... There's uh, like sting operations happening. A guy gets crucified by dinos, and they have like a chase scene with raptors through like through the streets of town. Uh, it is like probably my favorite half hour of this trilogy, definitely. <laughs> Maybe like uh, the past few Jurassic World, uh, Jurassic Park movies in general. Yes, but also completely unnecessary to the plot of the movie. Oh, Absolutely. no, we didn't need to stop there at all. We could we could have just kept <laughs> yeah. going. Absolutely. The Okay, the ideas that they had and, and the, some of the visuals that they had there were really fantastic and I thought was really fun. And, and like you said, Adam, I think you said earlier that this is just kind of like a theme park ride at this point. That It's just like, you know, take me on the ride. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Um, my problem with that is, and I think this is what I was talking about when I was uh, talking about that. I think that the the people around Trevorrow didn't carry over from the lost from uh, not lost world Jurassic World to this movie because the the chase scenes and the action scenes in general were not shot well and I was no. struggling to keep up with what was happening because it was so shaky the cameras were everywhere and I just was like getting sick from just the not being able to follow what's going on and I was like I remember jurassic world the action scenes were so clean and crisp and you could see exactly what was happening and everything so i'm wondering if that just 
somebody who worked with Trevorrow on the first film didn't return for this one and whoever came back to help with the like visuals didn't do a great job because it just yeah yeah and you're you're talking about like major visual differences when it's a bunch of pterodons picking up a bunch of park uh, people in giant wide shots that's totally different than following like assassin creed raptors across uh, across foreign lands yeah Uh, yeah but uh my attitude's very uh if you can't like dazzle them with brilliance baffle them with bs where it's like if you're gonna like waste my time during a Jurassic Park movie, then at least have like high paced action to distract me, and they did that. Yeah, I just wish I could have seen the action because the camera was shaking so much I couldn't tell what was happening. <laughs> no, I've been a critic of uh, of shaky cam uh, movies for a very long time. You know yeah. So I, I, I'm. You with know what's you. really funny that I just thought of? Uh, you called the pteranodon. You called the pteranodon pterodon. And what's funny about that, no, it's it's accidentally correct. Because what's funny about that is Terra no Don means winged without teeth. But the Pteranodon in Jurassic Park 3 do famously have teeth. So they are Pterodon. <laughs> you don't miss. <laughs> no, I, I backed into that one. Either. No, you, were, you knew exactly what you were doing the whole time. I'm impressed. Good job. Now, did did we also have a dimorphodon in this in this? We movie? did have a we did have a dimorphodon in this. Uh, those little like uh, mouthy pterosaur boys. We also had a yeah. dimetrodon, two dimetrodon, which and, is the big the big fin one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lystrosaurus, yeah. both of which are synapsids that are more closely related to mammals actually than any other kind of dinosaur. Uh, they're not which really is why they were like, kind of oh, shoved down into the caves. <laughs> yeah yeah they don't belong here but like, yeah. like those are more like you, you go in the, the amber mines yeah those are more like stem mammals rather than like rather than dinosaurs properly what's interesting about them is they come from before the great dying the big permian mass extinction uh they come from before the mesozoic period and they come from before you know mosquitoes right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, th- that's why they're found in the amber mines. They were fully hidden by. Amber. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just an ice age two yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah. They, they got gl- giant gloops of amber on them. A lot of ice age in this. Uh, <laughs> in this, it's Jurassic Park, well, and then I, Land Before and Time, said, and then Ice Age. Well, talking about the like Pyroraptor, I was thinking like. Colin Trevorrow must have just watched Ice Age, like Ice Age Two, the meltdown, and then turned around and and then wrote this movie out because, like, that is a scene straight from Ice Age. <laughs> uh, like yeah, he, he, he was catching up to uh, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, right. Ice Age Three. Yeah. So yeah, this the I I liked the the Malta scenes for the most part but then like i said just the action was so shaky that i struggled to keep up with it 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 was very born identity and Mm. and born Mm -hmm. identity was so you know it started this trend of just like we don't have to do good action as long as we shake it shake the camera enough that people can't tell what's happening uh and and, uh, my my the worst one in in that case for me was a man of steel it's like i can like cannot watch yeah yeah that's that's in that same vein and i feel like that was in this movie too and and so 
I didn't like I, I didn't like the action in Malta. I felt like that should have been my favorite part of the movie. But then every time that they started running or, or you know, being chased by the raptors or whatever, it just got so shaky that I just was like, I can't keep up with what's happening. Maybe it was so shaky that I thought I was looking at a better movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like the, the movie I, I pictured in my head was better than the one that was in front of my eyes. Now, now I will say, to be fair, one, I'm older than you guys. I also wear glasses and I was sitting closer to the screen than I normally do at the movie theater. So maybe this all contributed to that. No, us too. <laughs> we we yeah. were close. We were also wearing glasses and it was three years. So don't, don't, don't yeah, worry about exactly. it. So I think, oh, okay. I think it's fair. <laughs> uh, Five years in my yeah, case. I'll... It's fine. I'm, I'm just really young and like pretty and I have a cool job and like I'm so smart and funny. Like it's nothing. It's stupid. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm with Ali in the, the the best character in the movie is uh, Kayla Watts, mm -hmm. yes. the pilot. Yes, who I legitimately thought was going to be revealed to be the daughter of Samuel L. Jackson from the first movie. Oh, hmm. I I legitimately like was sitting through that whole movie thinking that it was going to be revealed at some point that her dad was because she knows an awful lot about these dinosaurs for being someone who's just a cargo pilot. I was really expecting her to have some kind of story oh. twist. Same, same thing with uh, uh, with what's his face with Ramsey. I thought like he was gonna like stab them in the back too, and like or she was gonna reveal that her like daughter died. That's why she's really keen on getting Maisie back to them. But she just says like you know, well I saw her and she looked lonely, so I figured that she might like if you guys are looking for her, then that's great. Like there was there was a lack of twists on. on you know who she should have been. Right. Uh, she should have been Jeff Goldblum's daughter from The Lost World. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she should have been Kelly. And she does some kind of, um, some kind of like cartwheel to reveal herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. When the, when the Giganotosaurus is like, is, is coming up on to them and she just like, you know, he hasn't seen her yet and she just cartwheels in and like hits the Giganotosaurus or something or does something <laughs> like that. And she's like, you're here? <laughs> dad yeah dad? no better yet is like and to be after the lost world like uh -huh. ian malcolm falls away from his daughter again a bit and then like he doesn't know who this random lady is but then she does a cartwheel and he's like kelly <laughs> i mean and, and the thing is he has five kids we've only seen one so she could have been one of the other ones <laughs> yeah true there's not honestly do we know that she's not Maybe they just don't say. Uh, yeah. Maybe they're, they're saving it for a future movie. That's why I live. The nature of Jurassic World Dominion is that any character could be Jeff Goldblum's son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's 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 true. That's very true. Uh, I, I'm wondering again if maybe she has ties into into Camp Cretaceous. Maybe there's oh. something there that they're going to build up on. I just there's something about her that feels like she's more important than what they gave her, and maybe it's just because the actress did such a good job playing this part that they really didn't think to give a lot of attention to, or what. But she feels just... like some kind of Star Wars character from like The Mandalorian that pops yes. up for a bit, and you're like. Oh yeah, we'll probably see a spin. No, I see her. a great like potential for her to be in an animated series. Like I get some Ahsoka Tana vibes from her for sure. But also, do you want to hear my theory about Definitely. You want to hear my other theory about the Lost Worlds? Okay. Okay, so Chris Pratt works in the Navy training marine mammals. That program 
is based in San Diego. I know. I was there. I saw it when it was when it was happening. Uh -huh. Like that was on the whale watching tour. And so in the lost world, uh, the T-Rex stomps into some family's backyard and like the little kid sees it and he just like absolutely doesn't react and as woodenly as possible goes to his parents and is like there's a dinosaur in our backyard. I think that's Chris Pratt. <laughs> Cuz he's in San Diego. I... <laughs> That's yeah. Like the, if the kid like, held his hand up to the dinosaur, then we would know it's him. He would just use his dinosaur <laughs> these powers to come to become the beast. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's I, I'm willing to accept it. I think that's a better theory than the one that floated around that he was the kid from the first one that Alan Grant scarred for life by you know. <laughs> talking about raptors ripping out his entrails i mean never mind that it's different names right uh yeah, yeah. no i i just yeah it, it's hello daisy daisy oh yeah the funniest line in the whole movie was when uh was uh when it was like so you've trained raptors yeah it's a unique bond between man and animal based on mutual respect huh oh yeah my dog once humped my leg so much that I got calluses on my shins. Is that what you mean? Like, like that was the only line in the movie where I actually like laughed out loud in the theater. No, I have to disagree with you. The funniest line in this whole movie was when uh, they made Laura Dern say he slipped into my DMs. Oh no, that was like when I like I, no, I actually said in the theater I was like, mom. <laughs> mom <laughs> i'm trying to use slang <laughs> like, that is actually kind of true that like of all the various breeds and shapes of old people in the world uh, of all the various varietums i think professors are the ones most likely to use like modern slang correctly because like they hang out with college right. kids all the time right exactly sure. yeah <laughs> I, I think I think the the best moment for me was like it was the thing that did not belong in this franchise. But when like Alan Grant's hat is left behind and it looks like oh. he's going after it, and they tell him like you know just screw the hat. Don't. That was pretty good. Like, and, it, it, yeah, that, that's a good bit. It's like Colin Trevorrow. Are are you confused? Do you think you're doing an Indiana Jones movie? <laughs> well, there was an allusion to that in the the first Jurassic World too. Like Chris Pratt, like diving out of the, the cage in the beginning, and like it was rumored to play young Indiana Jones for a time. Mm -hmm. Right. I I think that's no, also a there callback is that to kind three. of like old movie because uh, yeah, I, there's a, I think that old movie like an adventure it. vibe too. Yeah, tapping into. I don't like Chris Pratt in these movies. Uh, it's like when Dad gets serious. Like I don't like it. <laughs> Well, I think I said this on the on the way to the movie. It's that people like Chris Pratt. He got into everyone's hearts because he was funny. Right. It's weird that he's like is doesn't be funny anymore. Yeah, it's like when I try right. to be serious. Like no one, no one gets it. Yeah, it's it's just it, yeah. I I don't yeah I don't like I don't like his character. I think that they should have maybe they should have made him funnier or, or, or less here. I mean, just cause he was a Navy seal or whatever, doesn't mean that he couldn't be funny. Well, it was the first movie was very smart with how it treated the character of Muldoon, how it was like, this guy would be the hero normally, but he gets like outsmarted and killed by these dinosaurs. Uh, instead, it's just like, if Muldoon was the protagonist. Yeah. 
and it it doesn't kind of it doesn't really work yeah yeah um i think we're finally i think we're you know winding down unless there's some other details you guys want to talk about um before we move on to our one last big thing okay uh is that the the beginning and end of the movie like have these bookend messages of how uh it's about it's like oh will dinosaurs and humans be able to coexist and by the end of the movie they're like it looks like dinosaurs and humans will have to coexist a message that was not in any of the movie in no. between. And also, that's right. a dumb message. Like, why? Like, sure. we can't control yeah. nature. Why are the dinosaurs nature? We cloned them. My my fix for that is that um, this movie is all about these interactions between these two characters. Like, these uh, old Jurassic Park characters and these Jurassic World characters. And them getting together. But when they get together, they just have, like, immediate respect for each other. And know, like, each other's histories and, like... Basically, the Jurassic World characters are all fans of the Jurassic Park characters, which I get. That's cool if like it happens to a couple of them. What there should have been is that happens early in the movie, and there's friction. They're like, "Alan Grant, who who are you?" Like, I I have no idea. Right. They have differing opinions, and they have to work together to save the day. Thus, like the message of even though we come from different worlds or parks. Uh, we can like you know work together. We come yeah. from different Jurassic worlds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, it's very convenient that the whole system in this like uh, the in bio whatever uh, system is exactly the same as a theme parks system. <laughs> sure, and I, I like the part where all the dinosaurs have to go back inside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after making such a big point of. I'm like, like uh, our kids come in for dinner. Yeah, like yeah. we have a we the dinosaurs. We have a brain chip in all the dinosaurs, and they can just do whatever we want. And we're gonna do it to keep them safe during a forest fire. Like that seems okay. That seems like not much payoff for something so insane. Yeah. Uh, the, the worst moment of the movie is when the T Rex walks in the middle of the circle. But no, thumbs down. <laughs> Oh come on! Oh, come on. oh no, I, do, do you also not like in, in Batman '89 when the bat plane goes up and like is framed by uh, the moon? Yes, I also don't like that. It's kind of dumb. Oh come on! I did. I also didn't like when they were like when they both said, "Don't move," like nobody move a muscle. Like yeah. okay, we get it. Haha. I was like when when we were preparing to go to the movie theater. Uh, like I was just like, oh dude, you think they're gonna say life finds a way? I hope they say life finds a way. I hope that they say life finds a way. I'm going to go like, yes, when they do it, when they say life finds a way. Yeah, no, I, I was expecting a lot more of that. Like, they kind of went out of their way to not do that in a lot yeah. of occasions. Like, the Kayla, the pilot, like, she says, like, uh, you know, hold on tight, like, several times when hold on, when I was, ex- I was expecting butts. I was really expecting a butts. <laughs> See, that's what that I was scene. saying. Like, and I think that I think that they they probably would have done that if she was to be revealed to be a... Uh, uh, um, Samuel L. Jackson's daughter because it's like then she's saying it even if they she did even if they didn't reveal it if they had just had her say that then it would have been like oh wow maybe she is and like would have even added more fuel to that fire okay yeah no I I think that it's not really like a rejection of that is what's happening in the script I think they just weren't that clever they weren't clever enough yeah and they were not clever girls they were not a clever girl things In Kong Skull Island, they shouldn't have done the hold on to your butts reference. They should have like seen Skull Island and like looked around at all this crazy like jungle area 
and someone should have said, what have they got over here? Dinosaurs? That's the Jurassic Park joke. <laughs> Instead of what have they got? Yeah, yeah. King That's Kong. hilarious. If that happened, yeah. I would have lost my mind. Second <laughs> off, that, shave, that can of, that can of, I can't swear, that can of golly darn shaving cream showed up. <laughs> and like a, a 30 year tension headache in my 27 year old body, just untense. Like, ah. Uh, <laughs> now now are are either of you watching camp cretaceous i'm not but i should not currently i, I i'm familiar with some yeah, of the I, plot threads and stuff but i really should just watch it like i'm this mega fan apparently i gotta if i can if i know what a quetzalcoatlus is i should probably be watching camp cretaceous you know mega fan mega fan I, I I want to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. There's just so much content that exists that I just, it has not been, uh, it's pushed down further on my list. Uh, so I haven't watched it, but I do know that the, uh, the shaving cream does show up in, in Camp Cretaceous. So that is a thread that can, that ties that show with this movie. Also the Spinosaurus is in that movie or in that show. So I think that's why he wasn't in the movie, Yeah, but I'm still upset about it. Oh Yeah. The end of the movie where, like, in addition to, uh, to, like, it's based on this misunderstanding of nature when they say we got to live in harmony with nature. And it's like the buck and doe T-Rexes from the Lost World show up at the end and they meet Rexy. And now Rexy has a family and everything's better because nature has been restored now that the bad nature is dead and the good nature is alive. And running around the world unchecked. That's good. And now Rexy has a family. And it's like, no, 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 no. Rexy has two more apex predators she has to fight. Just because they look the same right. doesn't mean they're a family now. Like, this movie is obsessed with the restoration of the nuclear family to the degree that even T-Rex is not immune. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. The themes in this movie... I think are the thing that I have the biggest problem with the themes in Jurassic the Park. Themes. The themes in Jurassic Park are F you pay me and divorce is a sin against God. <laughs> and also probably dinosaurs are scary. These are the three themes in this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So I think now we can move on to our Godzuki scores. So for anyone who is not familiar with this podcast and you have managed to get through all two hours of us rambling about a dinosaur movie, um, <laughs> congratulations. And uh, we like to rate our movies out of five Godzukis uh, instead of five stars because we like to embrace the silly side of monster movies and these count as monster movies. I can say that because Michael's not here because uh, <laughs> he disagrees with me that the Jurassic Park is a monster movie. Michael's um, <laughs> Thank you. And uh, so we use Godzilla's nephew as our rating system. So out of, we'll start with Allie. Out of five Godzukis, and yes, you have to sing it. Uh, what would you give Jurassic World Dominion? And what are your final thoughts on the whole movie? Um, uh, let's see. I think I would rate Jurassic World Dominion as the best of the Jurassic World movies 
and I think better than Jurassic Park 3, and honestly, probably 2. It was my second favorite in the whole franchise, really, and honestly, I I don't know. It's just like... I, I, I cannot... I cannot stress enough how how often Ali was like in awe at the the cute dinos on screen because they we didn't mention it but not just it was it was just CGI they had a lot of classic puppets back they did yeah they did have some yeah they did back. it wasn't just the dinosaurs though even when like the giant cricket was like when Alan Grant was looking at it I was like oh hi cutie like I have a problem and it's that I treat every animal the same. Uh, but uh, look, I, I don't disagree with you when it comes, especially that little fluffy feathered one that they showed in the uh, <laughs> inside the lab. Oh, you know, that dinosaur in real life was like the size of a guy. They made it too small in the movie. <laughs> so, so they they shrunk that one down, but they made the velociraptors bigger. So it's like, uh, I guess it balances. They could have just switched them from the beginning. Huh? Anyway, out of five Katsuki's, I'm gonna give Jurassic World Dominion. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start at five. I'm gonna knock it down one. I'm gonna knock it down another for uh, for reinforcing the heteropatriarchal uh, mandate, uh, and I'm going to knock it down. Um, no, honestly, it really kind of reinforced a lot of. Uh, it was a good movie in that it did communicate its themes of like uh, the implications of genetic engineering on the notion of individualism, on uh, business ethics, and man's place in nature. Of those three things, I disagree on that third thing. I don't think that's a good, uh, I don't think it really sticks the landing on that. And I don't think that it's a great and concrete message throughout these whole movies. It just feels very corporatized, very sanitized. Like it feels very corporate friendly in a way that I don't like. And I don't think mm -hmm. it's true to the original Crichton novel that this whole situation is based on. So because of that, because of Jurassic World Dominion's embrace of uh, just some of the worst elements of our hyper-capitalist late stage capitalism society, I'm going to go ahead and give it three stars. But I, I do like when yeah, it, I do like when Therizinosaurus does a stab. And I do like when Dilophosaurus uh, eats Elon Musk. That's pretty great. My sons. <laughs> my perfect sons. Uh, <laughs> okay, Adam. Uh, what are your final thoughts? And what are your Godzuki scores? Uh, it, it, this movie is a, a bit of a roller coaster. And I, I kind of like it. Mostly because I'm not as attached to the franchise. There are some, like, PG-13, like, based series that I watched at too young of an age. This is not one of them. So, I, I, for some reason, I think that adds to, like, a lot of people's, like, chemistry. Like how some older fans really stick the, the landing on, uh, you know, some of those more, like, Terminator franchises. And people are very precious about their aliens and, and such. Uh, to me... Uh, and like the kind of seen every movie like once before this, except for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which I saw unfortunately three times. <laughs> uh, this one, it, it it beats a lot of those Jurassic World movies. I think they did the re returning characters well. Uh, I wish the the existing characters were great. The, the Jurassic World team, I kept cheering for them to die <laughs> because I think that would help. 
<laughs> the, the film. But mm-hmm. I like the, uh, there's some fun sequences in the middle that I will probably also give this uh, movie three out of five. Godzookies. So my final thought, well, I'm not going to get to my final thoughts yet because Michael did text me uh, his final thoughts. So I'm going to go ahead and read uh, his thoughts out. Can I read them in my Michael voice? I mean, you can. You want me to text them to you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put it in the chat. (laughs) Okay. Oh, hold on. I got it. He sent me in like five different messages. So it's going to be a, it's probably going to be too much of a pain. Okay. Never mind. Just go ahead and read it then. His brother, it's the the joke as much as it would be hilarious would not be worth the amount of effort it takes for me to try to sort through all the text messages he sent fair enough <laughs> so so he said with jurassic world dominion you have to go into it with the right expectations it's fun action-packed thrill ride that knows exactly what it wants to be uh, then he said, oops, I forgot. I didn't mean to send that disregard this other text because my fat fingers clicked send too quickly. Uh, then he sent another text that said, here's my other final thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I had, I had a good theater going experience. So this obviously is going to affect my view of the film. My local theater was showing a double feature with the original Jurassic park and dominion. It was a packed house and I was seated in front of a family who had never seen a Jurassic Park or Jurassic World film. As Mm -hmm. unbelievable as that sounds, they are out there and I had to confirm this after the first movie ended. They were sweet people. Uh, To hear them and their little boy go ooh and ah at the original and then have such a fun reaction to Dominion was almost worth the $30 total spent for one ticket. Uh, A tub of stale popcorn and large underflavored coke that was only 30 dollars for all that michael what theater are you going to my goodness 150 over here for my for oh yeah no months. adam's got like some yeah. crazy like amc jujitsu going on with these deals cost me more to take the train yeah, back to lansdale i mean yeah. i'm the amc fbi i mean my my ticket was free but still with the popcorn and everything it still ended up being over thirty dollars. Well, actually, no, because I, I with my because I get a discount also for being a member. So yeah, that's that. Anyway, yeah. well, uh, that uh, is that the end of his review. Uh, no, he was he was gonna, he went. Oh, oh, please, go if anybody knows Michael, it's not short. Uh, <laughs> you have to go into Jurassic World Dominion with the right expectations. It's you already sent that to me, Michael. Uh, <laughs> It's an amuse it's an amusement park ride of a film that's trying to dip its claw into too many things at once, much like Godzilla King of the Monsters, Dominion tugs at the heartstrings of nineties nostalgia lovers and attempts to wrap up twenty-nine years of lore all in one film. I love Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard but I did not love them in this. I adore the original cast, but I think they were not written to their fullest potential. Dominion felt safe, too safe. I wish I had more time to go into it, but I actually thought, if anything, Malcolm should have been killed in order to serve a bigger purpose. Mm. There's a lot to love about Dominion, the set pieces, new and interesting creatures, the fact there was seemingly no manufactured dinos, uh, callbacks to original and even other genres, fire-breathing Giga. Uh, I wonder where that came from. Uh, <laughs> 
the, the the list goes on. I got what I expected with Dominion and also something I didn't, a reinforced belief that the original Jurassic Park was and is one of the greatest films of all time. No matter how much they've tried, it's been near impossible to recapture that recapture that same lightning in a bottle. He said lighting in a bottle, uh, but I'm guessing he meant lightning in a bottle. Uh, a part of me wanted to give it a five out of five just as a screw you to all the people needlessly hating and complaining. I'm going to say complaining because I don't want to say that word on our podcast, Michael, um, about this movie. But I have to be fair and give it three point five. God, And yes, he did write it out as if it was being sung, Um, because what holds this one back for me is the sum of a bunch of little things and not just one big thing. It was a fun ride. That's what I wanted and expected. It's not the worst of the franchise. That title still belongs to Fallen Kingdom. It just doesn't have a lot to of a lot to say. And he also said, thank the folks from Finding Monster Right for coming on and doing this. I wish my Internet was not being a Dennis Nedry. (laughs) <laughs> mm. I this just confirms that uh, that Travis you are the Adam of Kaiju Weekly and Michael is the me and Michael that is an insult <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm coming I, for I, you I think I'm that, coming for fair. your podcast <laughs> no I think that's no, uh, fair <laughs> I, he, he touched upon something that we didn't mention which is that this is a it's the true blockbuster Jurassic Park and I think that this Jurassic World Dominion is also a blockbuster. Like there's a there's families like you know in various parts of the theater around us that were shouting and laughing and like a, it was a, a movie that is made for summer. Yeah, some of the oh, yeah. some of the kids around That's us actually had really funny comments throughout the movie that I really enjoyed. <laughs> I, I like the one that that like read off the Chirons like you oh, yeah. <laughs> like it was the most magical place in the. <laughs> in the world (laughs) oh man well since michael sent a really long final thoughts in godzuki score i'm gonna try to keep mine pretty short um i i think this i feel weird about this movie because i feel like this movie both played it safe but also did take chances like taking some of the attention away from the dinosaurs and making it more of like a mystery behind like these locusts and all that kind of stuff. That was kind of a brave step to take in a franchise that's built on the, the majesty and and awesomeness of dinosaurs. But at the same time, I think they played it too safe. None of the characters died. The villain was way over the top villainy and it just was so bland in that way because uh, to me, uh, because of them playing it a little too safe. The action, again, I, the action felt too chaotic. I couldn't keep track of what was happening in it. And with me, I think this movie is a fun thrill ride and I, and it's like a roller coaster. It's like a theme park ride. And I expect to be able to at least see the action that's happening if I'm enjoying just the ride. And I think that kind of is what what made me not enjoy it as much. I think if I could see the action clearer and there wasn't so much shaky shaky cam, I would have enjoyed this movie more because I would have been like it would have been like Godzilla versus Kong for me. It's like, oh, this movie's dumb, but hey, it's fun. But it wasn't like that. It was more. I don't know. It was, it was just not as it, I couldn't keep track of what was happening. And, and like I said, they let down some of the characters too much. It overall, I just, 
I didn't go in with any expectations. I was not one who was like so like drenched in nostalgia that I was like, I'm going to love this movie no matter what. But I also wasn't hating on it because I, I did like the parts of and, you know, a good bit of the other Jurassic World movie. So I didn't go into this with any expectations other than to just have a good time. And I did have a good time for the most part, but there's just so much that I didn't enjoy in it. And so I give it, I'm going to give it three out of five. Godzookies. I think it's still, I think it's my least favorite. It, 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 it's close between it and fallen kingdom on which one's my least favorite of the franchise, but it really is. It's just, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I hoped. I, well, as I, as I, w- I guess I wish I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't think that's a wrong thought to have. Uh, but it, it, they, Planet Safe is always is definitely true because it's it's the only like dinosaur franchise out there. It's like where, where else are you going to go for them? And they know it. Yeah. So, now to be fair, so they know what they can get away with. People yeah. say have been saying that a lot. Like, why is this the only uh, dinosaur franchise out there? And it's like, well, I mean, Velocipaster came out just a couple of years ago. <laughs> So we do have. You know what? You're right. <laughs> we do have other dinosaur franchises. They're just not good. <laughs> so no, but no, no, I totally get what you mean. This is the only big blockbuster kind of dinosaur movies that exist, and so they're you know they're going to make money no matter what. They don't really have to put any effort into it, and so yeah. Uh, still love the Yas Queen dinosaur. I gotta say. I'm looking at the uh, the soundtrack now by uh, Michael Giacchino. Uh, Giacchino. Giacchino. Yeah. Uh, and these tracks do have some great names. Uh, Clonely oh, You. Oh man. Uh, a Biosyn We Will Go. <laughs> you're You're so cute when you smuggle. There in Xenosaurus will be blood. <laughs> a dime Metrodon. A dozen. Uh, she shoots. She scorches. Uh, Girls can oh Alpha goodness. Two, Ramses the Second, no more. <laughs> Wooing for sweet, redemption, sweet Dino Revenge, but it's, but that's the sweet for the movie. <laughs> All the Jurassic <laughs> World to rage. Oh man. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, never mind. It's a five out of five just for that. <laughs> Michael Giacchino is definitely one of my favorite composers that's working now like he is absolutely fantastic i love it no one can knock uh ramin jawadi off the throne for me but i like him too Ooh, what has he done i i recognize the name uh iron man game of thrones pacific rim ah west world okay that's why i recognize it okay yeah 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 he's up there too yeah yeah yeah, he's he's up there too. Um, yeah, so that does it for our discussion of Jurassic World Dominion. And I just want to say a big thank you to Allie and Adam for joining me on this episode and this discussion. You're welcome. Yeah, well, thanks it was, for it was a blast. I'm glad, glad to get all my thoughts about this franchise for out forever. Us. No, we're doing <laughs> we're doing one. I'm doing a whole podcast just about this. Finding Monster Right is over now. <laughs> Don't I mean extinct? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, do you guys want to plug your podcast or anything else right here at the end? 
Uh, sure. Finding Monster Rights, found where most podcasts are, at Monster Right Pod on Twitter, uh, is a, our show that we tackle cryptids, uh, pop culture mon uh, creatures, and uh, aliens, whatever it is. We always have a, a joke or two to, to tell. Read through our episode names and you'll get a, a sense of the kind yeah, of stuff that we, we do deliver. goofs about monsters every week's about a new monster in some crazy new situation. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, we will have uh, we will have our most recent one up, which is uh, Primates of the Caribbean, The Voyage of the Orang Pendek. And that is about uh, that is about a weird little forest man who we have decided to turn into a pirate for some reason. <laughs> oh man, I cannot wait! Cannot wait to listen to it. Uh, I I love your podcast. It, that is not just me being a a good host and buttering up the 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 uh, the guest. I do really enjoy your podcast. It has been a, just a joy to listen to from the moment that I found it and gone back and listened to the ones that, that I missed and catching up on it. It's just been just absolutely fantastic. Uh, and yeah, I, I really enjoy having you guys on the podcast and I really enjoy being a guest on your podcast. So if anybody hint, has not listened to you guys, yeah, hint, hint. No, I want to have <laughs> uh, you guys back on and, for sure. If any, yeah. Yeah. So I, even if, even if, even if Kaiju weekly goes away, uh, that doesn't mean I'm not, podcast I'll, I'll be available for podcasting anytime <laughs> noted yeah so. uh, you, yeah you, 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 we we loved having you earlier this year return to sender an open letter to the pacific Romalians. yeah that was a, a lot of fun and your fans haven't heard it yes that was an absolute fun uh just a just absolutely fun that was the time that me and michael were both on so uh it, it was great to we could both get on there even though michael's not here this time uh, Michael also uh, wasn't on for the Digby episode. Like, why does he? He here's the thing. Michael is the alley of Kaiju Weekly, and yes, Michael, that is an insult. There can't be two Apex Predators <laughs> in the same podcasts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He is the yeah. he is the Giganotosaurus. I am the T Rex, as always, of course. So you need an assist. To, I'm, the to take I'm the Allosaurus. I'm the Allosaurus. I'm the uh Fragilis. I'm very fragile. Nobody touch me. Please. I'm so weak. <laughs> yeah, you need a Yas Queen dinosaur that can come up and help you with their long fingernails. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, uh, yeah, and I usually have my notes written down, but I don't. So I'm going to just wing it this week. But I just want to say to everyone for, who listens, uh, thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at Kaiju Weekly. You can also find us uh, on uh, uh, Instagram. We are at Kaiju Weekly on Instagram. I'm pretty sure. I have to double check that. I'm pretty sure all of our social medias are down in the description below, as well as the link to the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group that Michael is a an admin of. And it's a big fun place for people to go and talk about Kaiju and Kaiju merch and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and we also want to thank everybody who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine because, uh, yeah, the magazine issue six is coming along. We're going to be having it out hopefully by the end of this month. And our first volume is printed and we're just waiting for 
everything else to get done to be able to send that out to everyone who supported that Kickstarter. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to be getting those out to everybody in due time. And if you want to know more about Kaiju Ramen, the other podcasts that we do, the magazine, all that stuff, you can check out kaijuramenmedia.com. That's where you can find it out. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to leave us a five-star rating, we will really appreciate that. But also, if you leave a review and a five-star rating, we will read out your review on the podcast. And it will also help us get in front of other giant monster and dinosaurs, which also count as monsters, uh, <laughs> fans like yourself. <laughs> Never and, have you yeah. sounded more like the comic book guy from The Simpsons than in that one little sentence. Just <laughs> dinosaurs, which do count as monsters. It's monsters. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and to close out the... <laughs> That's my whole impression. And to close out this episode, we're going to say... What's a, what's a funny dinosaur name? What's a funny dinosaur name that we can close out this episode with? Um, hmm. oh my gosh. Is, is, you may have been born for this moment. <laughs> a funny dinosaur. Is there like a big, a, big a dickosaurus? <laughs> um, is there a funny, is there, is there a good one? Um, all right. Uh, I'm not typing funny dinosaur name into Google right now. <laughs> Gasosaurus. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, there's a gasosaurus. They found it in in like a gas. <laughs> uh, they found it at like a gas field, or like. A... And so they just called a gasosaurus. <laughs> Come on down to gasosaurus. Gasosaurus, okay. <laughs> get you get all the petroleum that you need. Huh? We'll make your deals extinct <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you know what no, they really deals. they really didn't put any effort into the slogan at all <laughs> it's a modern <laughs> petrol station okay well that works help control the dinosaur population have your gasosauruses spayed or neutered or i should have went with medialodon why didn't i think of that oh, please 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 spay or neuter your medialodon <laughs> both spay and neuter your medea <laughs> i'm not gonna judge just make sure that there's no more <laughs> This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC.